12 weeks up, it's another episode I told you long time ago, we about to explode I said, with something mean, supposed to be easy But I showed up, it's awesome, and I done it, be amazing But enough about me, yes, we all played the part to make it this far But honestly, when it was the for the fans, it would've been killed a long time ago Bio, born on SG, grew up on CDP Did it move, I didn't got it wrong, we call it PG Ready M, I don't blame much for the violence in your household Be home Welcome everyone to the Trophy Horrors Podcast, episode number 281. It's me, it's Mark, I am being Lucia, I'm hosting, I've taken over the podcast, it is now my own, I'm going to love it and nurture it like it should be, and first up, my special guest is a man who formerly was hosting this show, Tricky. Yes, I had to quit, uh, JT apparently says that I suck as a host, so I have to quit the show. That sucks, you know, I mean, but I'm hosting now, I, I so was all, I'm, I'm, I don't care. I'm only here because Yield couldn't be here, so I had to fill in for him, but starting next week, I'm not on the show anymore. And I'm still hosting, it's mine now. Also, Yield is not here as well, but also Alex is not here also, but one man's here who's been here frequently lately that we all love. And like having around, that's Frosty. What's up, guys? Good to be back. And lastly, I reined in a fourth person to be on this podcast, and that is Troy. What's the business? What is the business? I have no clue. Right now, the business <laughs> is I'm effing around in Metal Gear Solid Five. That's such a great game. It I is. Never finished it. Me neither. I, I finished all the story on it. I'm just kind of screwing around, messing with FOBs and stuff. <clears throat> it, is now, uh, it is the worst in the series with the best gameplay. Oh, all right, I will give. Amazing. I will give you guys a, uh, a a tip of the game, which is kind of a spoiler. But since we're over a year, I think I can yeah. spoil this now. Um, you know the trick to get uh, quiet back, right? No, actually, I don't. I, I, I meant I to look that it. up. I, I heard it was a, it was an op, uh, option, but I haven't figured out how to do it yet i haven't gone back to look all right anybody who uh has played the game knows that um there is a mission which was the controversial mission in which they simulate that the the militia is going to rape quiet um after you finish that mission she actually takes off and doesn't uh does is not in your group no more if you replay the original quiet mission the one where you pick uh, her up? The one where you uh, you have to snipe her and take her down? Yeah. If you replay that mission, I think it's seven or eight times. <laughs> on on the eighth time, she actually joins your group permanently. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Now, did, did you talk about that on the PG Spoilers podcast about that game? We never did a PG Spoilers because <laughs> nobody <laughs> show up to it. I Shots know. Fired. That's why I said it. Ha. Ha. And, and, a, and a former host of the show said he was going to do a PG spoilers on that, and he never did. Um, Tricky. Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> no, I just sort of mean Tricky's yeah. the former host former. of the show. <laughs> no. Oh, no, no, no. I was, it wasn't Tricky. I said a former host yeah. of the show, and no, and it wasn't I know, and, and you said already you're a former host of the show. Oh. I am a former host of the show. Oh, snap. Yeah. But, Look at that logic Troy, right there. <laughs> you're number one in my book, buddy. <laughs> Wow, Tricky, See, that's interesting and all. Everyone but... hates me. I don't, I'm not what, 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 like number seven on the list or something. Seven for what? 
You said on my list. Yeah, you said he was number one. So I figured you had a list of people numbered. You're you're so far down um, that you're gonna need uh, yield when he comes back up from hell in the cell. You know what? I'm not even gonna do, nope, not even gonna talk about it. Let's go into our up. You you opened no, up the no, floodgates. As the host, I'm moving on. So as the guest, shh. All right, let's go into our updated <sighs> trophies. I am now still level 26, but I actually played games. So in the last four weeks, I've had no updated trophies. I am now at six thousand three hundred eighty-nine. So I'm catching up to you with a platinum count of twenty-six. And before we get too tricky, since Alex and Yield aren't here, Alex is still level 28 with 5,745 trophies with 81 Platinums in 80 games. I don't whatever the fuck that means. And then <laughs> Yield is level 23 with 4,272 games or trophies with 61 Platinums. And Tricky, what are your trophies at? Did you get any trophies? I saw you were playing a lot. Yes. I am level 30, total trophies of 7,470 with a plaque count of 63. Okay, and then Frosty, how's your how's your trophies going? I am a level 14 with a trophy count of 1,653 and 9 plats. I actually haven't gotten a single trophy all week. I've been working way too much and playing Wait. playing games that don't have trophies, so I have I have an update. Okay. So somebody who updated my trophies in the agenda didn't do his job properly. I am level thirty-one. I actually clipped over to level one thirty-one. Booyah! Congrats! I suppose I'm still catching up to you in trophies. So yeah, you're still eleven hundred behind. I put I got let's see seventy-eight trophies or seventy-one trophies this week. So I'm just saying I'm catching. So up. you went from being twelve hundred behind to eleven hundred behind. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm chipping away at it. I'm still catching up. So moving on, Troy, how how is how's your trophies doing? I am still sitting at a level nineteen. I have thirty-two hundred and thirty-two trophies. I gained one trophy over the week, and I have thirty-eight platinums. Nice. So, uh, let's see. Let's jump into what we're playing since, you know, I am slowly catching up to Tricky. I have actually been playing a lot of World of Final Fantasy and Rise of the Tomb Raider. I kind of gave up on this game called Story's Path of Destinies because I'm trying to get the platinum in that just because... Are you, are you playing World of Final Fantasy on the PS4 or the Vita? Uh, PS4. I heard the Vita version is the visual, like... Obviously, because it's not going to go full 1080p, their the video outputs on it and is pretty low quality, and there's a lot of frame rate issues and skipping in the game. Ah, uh, see, that's the kind kind of information I wanted to know. Difference yeah. between the two. Yeah, so a lot of people, and it's a shared trophy list. So, and I mean, there's cross save, but it's a shared trophy list, so there's no need unless you really want to play it on the go to really just to buy it on the Vita. You're just playing a lackluster. Maybe version. you just want to pull a switch. Yeah, yeah, Switch. Yeah. I see what you did there. Uh, so, Tricky, what are you playing besides the Division? Uh, this week, I have been playing a lot of things. Um, anybody that checked the Facebook group knows that I have went out and bought a PlayStation VR. Prior to buying the VR, I was playing uh, some Prominence Poker, Rise of the Tomb Raider, and p- picked up the crew again, uh, getting into that. Uh, since getting the VR, I have played two games... 
uh, officially for trophies, which is Batman, Arkham VR, which I got 100% of those trophies. No platinum in that game. I was really. I was about to ask you that. The VR games have platinums, or if they're just kind of like 100% only. I think a few of them do. Yeah, a couple of them do have platinums. The second game that I'm playing, which is the Playroom VR, uh, does have a platinum. Now, before anybody gets on me, I want to explain something to you. The Playroom VR is absolute. Well, both of the games are absolutely fantastic. The Playroom VR could be considered a kiddie game, but. Let me explain something to you, uh, the listeners who are big Nintendo fans. Remember when you guys were playing Super Mario Sunshine or Super Mario Galaxy or even on the Wii U, the new Super Mario Brothers game? How was that 3D don't world? Ever Sunshine again. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm playing Galaxy. Well, you know but yes, I get what you're saying. <laughs> it's that 3D world where you're, you know, it's a top down and you're running along. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, yeah you're. That's, you do that with the place, the, the VR. In one of the modes, uh, it is absolutely beautiful. It's it's so fun. The, now the level was short. I mean, I could you could literally get through the level in I say ten twenty minutes, and that's the only part part of the Playroom VR that's like that. But if they made a whole entire game like that, dude, I could get lost for hours. It's it's absolutely fun. Uh, you had to go through and find twenty of your your mates and. You using the controller uh, to to bridge out a rope that you got to climb across. Uh, other people can join in, and uh, the other person flies around a little spaceship and has a uh, a plane in which they can produce air. So when you get to certain parts of the level, you have to use the fan to open up things and whatnot. It's absolutely fun. Uh, um, I saw a bunch of that played. I like the the uh, mini game that has the. Um where you're in the old west and you go inside of the bar and there's that, a description too. of a robot that you're supposed to kill so the people who are not wearing the headset are supposed to describe to you what the uh the robot that you're supposed to kill looks like and then you you pick them out uh, in the bar well, and shoot them and see and and another one is uh cat and mouse in which uh the people that are not wearing the headset uh you're a mouse that's covered by a soup can and you have to go collect all the cheese and then the person that's wearing a headset is is the cat, and you have to lean forward to poke through uh, some curtains, and you have to get, catch the mouse moving. It's like red light, green light, but with the VR headset. Hmm. So you're like in the uh, VR basically yeah. right now. You're... Yeah, yeah. Don't cut me off here. Okay, have whatever I want. It's my it's it's my last show. It's... <laughs> uh, you get special treat. The other one is uh, the other the other one cool one was uh, the haunted house, in which you have to wear the headset. Um, and you have to look around, and you have to use the, the touchpad to capture the ghosts, like Ghostbusters, you know, like Proton Pack. But the people that are not, uh, don't have the, the VR headset on are looking at the screen, and they have to tell you where the ghosts are. Like, they're behind the bookshelf, or they're, you know, they're on the chandelier, or they're behind, you know, this. Or, it's, it's, it's very fun. The, uh, and the Batman VR, absolutely worth the $20. Uh, I actually wrote my first review in about four years. It's actually live on Proving Gamer right now. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I gave it an 8 out of 10. Um, the only drawback that I had with Batman VR was the fact that um, it recommends you play with two move controllers. And while that does help, you have to stand when you're using the move controllers. 
And if you're going to be playing the game for any amount of time, say a half hour, 45 minutes, it will get a little uh, taxing on your on your uh, your arms and your legs and whatnot. Um, but you could play with a controller sitting down perfectly fine. Uh, but when you're standing up and using the move controllers, uh, the only thing that I found to be a little annoying, which was, this is a very minor gripe, is that you have three weapons. You have the scanner, which is on your left side. You have the grappling hook, which is on your right side. And then you have the batarangs, which if you look down, it kind of looks like, uh, you know, you guys can see me on the camera right now. You have the bat symbols right here on your chest. Mm-hmm. That's where it looks like the, the batarang is. Now, really what it is is on your belt in the front. But when you look down with the VR headset, it looks like it's right here. But uh, so many things with that uh, the game. You know, there's uh, when you're inside the bat cave, there's a target practice, which you're throwing with the move controllers, and you can do both hands. Um, and it... It gets it gets really going. You have to find it. There's a Riddler one where you have to find the green uh, target out of all the blue targets. Um, I found it easier to do it with a controller than I did with the move controllers, but it's still fun. Uh, and did I feel like Batman? Absolutely. It, it's so, it's something weird. Uh, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but you go to a certain area where you have to take the the Batmobile with you. And you start the mission, and you're looking at the sewer, and if you look to the right, literally, the Batmobile tire is, like, right here. And it's it's huge and lifelike. It really feels like you really are Batman. So, if you have a VR headset, that definitely should be the first game you buy. Without a doubt. Well, I know that you don't need uh, any pointers on finding easy Platinums, but... Um... The game Job Simulator, uh, from what I hear, has probably the easiest Platinum ever. And it's actually also one of the, probably the best VR games. So I would recommend you try that out. I have a demo for it. Um, I haven't actually uh, tried that yet, but I heard that too. Uh, but the other thing I want to talk about is uh, if you guys ever listen to the show, uh, one of the things that I said was really intriguing with VR was the, the, the idea that you could watch WrestleMania from ringside, or you can go to a concert and be front row. Um, there's actually a... Um, I think the app is called Little Cinema VR. I could be wrong, but I believe that's what it's called. Uh, you go in, and there's videos you could watch that lets you experience the VR. You know, let you... Uh, it's funny because there's one in there that's for Rio for the Olympics, and the video is actually advertised in the Samsung VR... And it, there's blatant advertising all through it. But you can go into that one. Uh, what else I tried on that was uh, Disturbed redid uh, Sounds of Silence. Um, there's not their actual music video. They made a music video with that. And it's, you know, it's all three all, th- all the way around. Um, also, uh, Lion King, you guys know where it's on Broadway. They put a camera on the stage uh, during the opening sequence. When they sing in the circle of life. And you get to see all the characters come on stage and whatnot. That was really fucking cool. But they had a... Um, you get down on that Hatsune Miku. <laughs> they, ha- they had a boxing match that was here at the Barclays Center in New York City in Brooklyn. Uh, the camera was literally right in the ring. So you could look around and watch the boxers fight back and forth. And, you know, if the boxers come to where you were standing, the camera actually moves off to the side. So you can actually turn and watch them fighting. 
You're telling me I can sit in my living room and watch a live presentation of the Broadway play Cats? Yes. Sign me up. Wait, 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 if, wait. If, if they... When we talked earlier, I thought you meant you were watching Lion King like the cartoon. No, no, no. The Broadway <laughs> play. That's why I was like, I made the joke. Is like, I'd watch a goofy movie instead. No, no. I'm talking about the Broadway play. Now, whether or not it can be done live, I'm not saying yeah, yes or no. It's pre-recorded. I'm sure, I'm sure they could come with that technology soon. But you also got to remember the, the, the theater or the, the stadium or wherever you're, the sporting event you're going to be watching or the play where you're watching, they have to invest into those cameras. Yeah. And they would have to put that technology on their their stage, so to speak. But from what I saw, it's possible. You know, and obviously it's going to get bigger and better as it goes. But watching that boxing match and watching the Lion King from the stage was absolutely fucking phenomenal. I can I cannot tell you like anything bad about it. It was was it worth the four hundred dollars for the VR headset? Absolutely, just for that experience. If I never played a game, that experience right there was worth the four hundred dollars. Neat toy for rich gamers, right? Sweet. <laughs> So that's what you've been playing this week. <laughs> Lion King <laughs> on ice. Oh, is that what we were talking about? Yes, that's what that, we were talking that, about. That first person, the first person viewer, VR. I literally, I don't know who's next to ask what they've been playing. Well, before you do that, let me tell the listeners uh, again. If you guys listened to last week's show, you heard a buzzer going off. Um, I'm pretty sure that buzzer is going to go off every time Frosty talks. But there's Probably. another Rangers game to go. There's another Rangers game going on right now, so you might hear the buzzer. Frosty, what have you been playing? I have been playing, or still playing, Suikoden 2. Yes. I don't know why I always struggle saying that word. The game is awesome. I got to a point in the game where I thought I was about to beat it, and I beat one of the, like, I guess main villains. But the game continued on with the story, which is really neat, you know. Um, I should have known better because I was only like 30 hours into the game. Oh, yeah. I know, yeah. You're, so, you're not near the You just got through game. the tutorial. Yeah, basically. You <laughs> yeah, just got through the intro. So you didn't even get to know all the characters yet. And what really sucks is, uh, like, you know, this game's really long, but I'm really enjoying it. But at the same time, I have so much backlog. Like, I really want to start playing Red Dead Redemption um, to prep for the sequel coming out next year. Uh,. Like an idiot, I went to GameStop today and I bought two more games. I bought uh, the Zone of Enders collection, and I bought Blue Dragon, oh, nice. <laughs> another another JRPG. Uh, so yeah, I'm I'm gonna be busy with that for a while. So uh, other than that, I, I have not played much of anything else. Uh, I need to jump back on uh, Life is Strange to get the uh, to get the plat in that. I just uh, like I said earlier, I've been working a lot, so. Haven't had much time for gaming other than, you know, casually laying down at night, winding down, playing some Sukoden 2, so. But I will say this, Metal Gear Solid 5 is on my backlog. I need to finish it. <laughs> but I'm saying it right here. You can write it down. D-Dog's better than Quiet. That's all I've been You are using. out of your freaking mind. D-Dog is more useful than Quiet and less aggravating. You know what? That's blasphemous. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. All right, pause the show. Why are you going to pause, no, we're pause we're the show? We're, I'm we're, trying to watch a pay-per-view. We're, we're, we're going to talk about this. No, no, because what they just said was blasphemous. How the hell could you say D-Dog is better than Quiet? He's one person at a time. 
Okay, so go ahead. Troy, go ahead. Troy, go ahead. So, Why's he? Get, I brought it up. Why's he getting yeah, together? Right. Let him defend himself. All right, all right Frosty, go ahead. Go okay, ahead, Frosty. So D Dog can detect enemies when you're nearby, and you spend ninety percent of the game doing what? Sneaking into token quiet. Yeah, but you have to. You have to actually uh, order her to go into the camp to to search everybody out. Right. D-Dog right. Dog stays by your side and does it. You can. You can. Uh, Order him to quietly take down enemies, and it's just—it's faster, it's less riskier. Same Not to mention, okay, this is the thing that bugs me the most. Okay, one when when she was announced, or or rather, yeah, we'll say when she when she was announced. You hear more about quiet than you do anything else in that freaking game. It pisses me off. Two, <laughs> she's sitting there humming the whole time while you're trying to sneak through, yeah, like the, the compound. It's like shut the hell up and let me complete this mission. That's just how I feel, right? I'm not, you know, not not sexist. <laughs> not yeah, trying see, to. This this thing, you could all right. If you're trying to go through the mission uh, stealthily, and you're not trying to kill anybody, you're trying to trank everybody. D dog can't trank anybody. Quiet can. Quiet could get on on a high perch and take somebody down from the air. I have where a D-Dog... I have a trank gun. Why do I? Why don't I? I don't. I don't use quiet like that though. I really don't. Like I do the work myself. I carry my trank sniper rifle. I carry my trank pistol, and I basically do everything by own. So she doesn't. She's not as useful to me as D-Dog. Like D-Dog going in and finding everybody from a distance, including you know the the prisoners or whatever. Um, his ability to sniff out mines is really useful. Um, yeah, I, I just all around think D Dog is is a, a more useful. He's a freaking wolf dog with an eye patch. He's awesome. And quiet breathes through her skin. Quiet's and fine too, though. I take showers with her clothes on. Not aggravating me. She's 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 going to sit there on the helicopter and flirt with me. I'm trying to get my mind straight. Yo, I'm going on a mission. You got she she definitely wants the D. She wants. <laughs> she wants. She wants the diamond dog. She she wants the old diamond dog, but yeah, I, look, they're both good. They both have the qualities. I prefer quiet, just because she can, she can scan the entire area, find everything. Oh, quiet has and qualities. Then, <laughs> also, and then, quiet and will annoy we, the shit out of me because, like, when I'm trying to sneak up on a dude, if he happens to see me, like at the last second, like she's gonna end up shooting him when I'm trying to grab him and like interrogate him and shit. That kind of annoys the shit out of me. Well, that that's why you tell her to, to to hold back, but she shoots them because the whole point is if he yeah, she's there to if he sees you. you, yeah, she's protecting you. But it's annoying. But, and and to and to find out like, like I I think okay, take aside, take aside the fact of Quiet's outfit, okay, which is outrageous. But when you look at the depth of her character and you find out why she's quiet. And you actually play through the game, and you find out things about her character. She's a really, really int- uh, intriguing character. They explain yeah, all that cool. in chapter three. <laughs> there is no chapter three. <laughs> well, technically, there is a chapter three, but it's all a video. All right. So yeah, I've been playing Metal Gear Solid Five. <laughs> <laughs> I've already beat the game long, long time ago. I've already. D- I mean, I've got over 150 hours in the game. Um, just been spending that's, time. That's weak sauce. Uh, messing around with some of the developments and FOB missions and uh, kind of mopping up the side ops, uh, trying to get 100% of those completed. Other than that, um, I've been playing uh, Overwatch. 
uh, again. Once again, they're still doing their Halloween uh, extra content until the first, so I'm just uh, trying to level up, get the loot boxes to try and get as many of the Halloween skins as possible. And that's pretty much all I've been playing. Nice. So like, with the Halloween skins, like, so if you get the Halloween skins, like, this is, like, the only time you can get them, but you can still use them yeah. throughout the year? Or is it, like... Yeah, so like... you can, once you have them, you, you have them forever. But if you don't unlock them by November 1st, which is when the, the event ends, then you have no more opportunity to unlock them. Uh, they did a similar thing for the Olympics. And I didn't actually play during that, so I don't have any of the Olympic skins or, or any of the extra bonus from the Olympics. But I was trying to get a lot of the Halloween stuff. Uh, some of the skins are pretty dope. So I've been working to try and get some of those. Um, I'm thinking if I don't get a f many more within the next couple of days, I might drop 10 bucks and buy some loot boxes and see what I can get before the event ends. Yeah, because I have like, a lot of friends keep talking about that. But like, as, like, I've always been asking, they're like, oh yeah, these collector skins. I'm like, yeah, well... Is it kind of like how some games, like, it's, like, only during the event, yeah, like, time that's period? How it is. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so once the event ends on November 1st, like, uh, unless they come around again next year, like, the, but if they do, they'll probably be different skins. But, yeah, like, once the event's over, your chance to get all these Halloween skins and, and all the bonus uh, Halloween stuff is gone. So you got to get it while it's hot. Yeah, I still, I only play the game maybe an hour or so when it came out i just n i've never really because it's like one of those games where like i want to sit down and play for a while and i don't games like that so strategy based and you know with most shooters when you're online only you get dicks that play the game so it's like kind of tough for me to find when everyone else plays the game at the same time yeah so uh the last few weeks i've been playing mostly by myself before that i was playing with a, a group of people uh the same people but um I've been playing randoms, and it's not too bad. Like, uh, there's only been a couple times where there have been like twelve year olds yelling and screaming and cussing in chat, but otherwise, most most of the time, people are pretty chill. And uh, as long as you know your class and and you, you can understand the flow of the game, like everybody does pretty well. I mean, I definitely lose a lot more often playing with the randoms than I do with the group, but uh, it's it's well enough, I think. I can't play like games like that with public matches. Like, I have to put like I'll do public like with my friends. Like, I can't have like just random people on team like i get very frustrated because you get the people who don't talk in this net and most fun about shooters is like if i play with my friends and like a party chat in this net like we're not really talking about the game we're just kind of like shooting the shit and while we're playing just enjoying it and having fun so it's like i can't i can never, that's why i haven't really played it much because a lot of people i know switched over to play it on pc yeah no it's i mean it's it's good like i said i there's a group of people that i normally play with but they've all been doing like battlefield and stuff like that so um but i mean i've i've done well enough playing with randoms just to just to try and unlock these skins because once again like once uh, november 1st comes around I, I lose that opportunity so you got to do what you got to do so i've been playing a lot with randoms and i've had some matches that were amazing some of my best matches ever and then other ones that are just crap but you know you, you win some you lose some yeah, one more thing before we move on. I just wanted to talk about the VR. Uh, a gripe I have. Um, Frosty, you like those uh, gold headsets you got? You got? Yeah. You can't use them with VR. Nope. Need the platinum headset. Yeah. You can no, use it, you but you don't, you don't get the uh, 3D audio. No, like, in order no, to use no, a 3D audio, no, it has to be. No, 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 no. You cannot use a USB-based headset. You have to use a wired headset. Like, it, it just won't work? 
It it tell it tells you straight out that uh, USB headsets are not compatible with VR. Yeah, yeah from from what I understood, that was because you don't get the 3D audio, so you can't hear things coming from different directions and stuff like that, which is kind of a big thing for VR. Um, so it would just work like a regular stereo headset. Um, nope. So in order to get the 3D audio, you have to be plugged into the little jack that's attached to the headset. But that's what right. I understood. I, right, which I I it's BS, but. Because I have a 7.1 surround sound headset that should be able to give me all the audio. Uh, do you have the, you... the Elites you can plug in? So you have the option to use it. If that's what you have. Yeah, because it doesn't... Yeah, I, it, it would have to... Well, excuse me. Uh, let me rephrase. I could use the headset that I have, but I have I would have to wire it. Yeah. No. I can't use a wireless headset. It's fine. Yeah, you got all those wires coming out of the damn PlayStation anyway. Might as well <laughs> add one more. Uh, what's one more, right? <laughs> so I can't use my Sony Golds with the PSVR I don't own? That's a bummer. <laughs> I, th- I thought you had Golds. <laughs> no, no he does, goals. but he doesn't have a VR. Oh, you don't have a VR. Yeah. PG hasn't sent me mine yet. I know. I'm still waiting. Oh, I was you, waiting for a tracking number to, or something. You guys are starting to sound like somebody else I know on the site. Just, you know... Especially since, you know, I have my own show now that I'm hosting. But that's besides the point, since, you know, we ended with you talking about PlayStation VR. By the time this podcast goes up, it'll be November, which means we have a new month with free PlayStation Plus games. Is everyone excited? Uh, I'm not reading all shit. So basically, the November lineup, uh, PS4, everyone gets Everybody's Gone to Rapture and the Deadly Tower of Monsters. Um... And let's see here. Uh, the paragraph words. No one cares. PS3 owners are going to get Dirt 3 and Costume Quest 2. And Vita owners are going to get Letter Quest Remastered and Pumped BMX Plus. Uh, which are Both those are cross. Um, Letter Quest is crossed by PS4 and Pumped BMX Plus is crossed by with PS3 and PS4. Um comments yeah. who cares <laughs> I, uh, I gotta I, say that is weak it's not a great lineup for sure yeah, well i i'm a little excited about everyone's concert raptures i don't own that yet yeah and that's um, the only way i'd play it is if they gave it to me for free so I, it's a good thing they i it bought it before it came out and had the little timer countdown with the dynamic theme and everything and i was excited for when it came out and then i played it and i regret I love it how I love it when uh, Jared Petty from IGN did the guide on like telling everybody how you can run in that game. <laughs> and you, <laughs> you have to like move a little bit faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like you press and hold like R two for seven seconds, and your guy moves like slightly faster than a snail. Yeah, oh. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> did, did anybody, the game was. The did movie. anybody think that we're gonna get a VR game for Plus? No. Or you think we're still a couple months out from that? Uh, I mm. think probably if we do, we might get one of like the low-end ones maybe in December. But I think they're going to wait until after the holiday season. So February, like at the end of January going into February. like February's What do you think season. the odds are that people are up in arms when they do? Because that seems kind of like, like a lot of people who don't own PlayStation VRs will probably flip their fucking shit if one of their free games but, ends up being a PlayStation VR game. I don't. I think the good thing is, like, here's the PR spin on it. It's like, oh, well, if you already have Plus, by the time you do get a place of VR, you're already going to have some games to play day one when you get yeah. it. No, I I definitely see that, but That's, I'm wondering, like, the average public's going to probably flip their I, shit. I, 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 I'd be cool with that, 
if the one game they give us is just a better game. Just a better like, like seriously, like, yeah. Like you know, if they gave us like I, I, infamous Second Son, finally, yeah. Or maybe like, or maybe Resident Evil Six. Like, I, well, I'd be happy. Well, here's the here's the the what I feel like. There's people right now that don't own a Vita, like Frosty. Frosty doesn't own a Vita. I don't have a Vita. But when, well, you owned a Vita until yours died during the war, but. Um, the point being is, like, somebody with Frosty who's never owned a Vita, uh, he, every month he gets Vita games. So when he goes get, finally goes and buys a Vita, he has, like, 20 games he can play right off the bat. That's if they bother claiming them. I bet you a lot of people don't bother even trying to claim them. I, I don't. Well, I do right well that is true, too. But but my, my point being is if they gave us a free VR game, even if it's one, even if it is Job Simulator... Job Simulator is a great game. Yeah. Well, what, what I'm saying is it's a low-end game. They're all the low-end games being... at this point. Right. So, <laughs> well, Bat- Batman, to me, is a AAA game. How long does it take to but, play through it? Uh, 90 minutes. Oh, an hour and a half. That's some AAA gaming right there. Oh, okay. You're you, <laughs> you just nitpicking that. Yeah. <laughs> but the point being is if they gave us, say they gave us Job Simulator or even Batman for VR. When somebody goes and picks up the VR headset on Black Friday or after Christmas or whenever, they already have three, four games that they can play, which gives people incentive to go out and buy the VR headset going, hey, I already own these games. Let me go ahead and buy the the headset, and now I can play those games. Yeah, no, it makes sense, especially provided they go and claim them. But I'm willing to bet that a lot of people don't go and claim all the games because, I <laughs> oh, I don't own a VR. Why am I going to bother yeah. claiming this game? I don't. You know, and uh, I claim everything. Uh, I still claim I, the PS3. Oh games, yeah, I claim. I don't play my oh, PS3 so anymore. I was excited when Yakuza yeah. showed up for the PS3 game. Like I, like, I was just like, I don't have a PS3. I claim everything just in case because you never know when you catch up on the backlog or if there's a Trophy War 2.0 coming out or this and that. You just have a backlog of free games to just dive into. And but I don't. I don't. Have, I personally right now don't have PlayStation Plus because one, the price increase, and two. Just not gonna spend ten dollars, especially. I have the Transformers game, so I was like gonna re-sign up, depending on what the November game was, because then I was gonna download Transformers, trade in my physical copy, and then. But once I saw this, I was like, glad I didn't, you know, go with PlayStation Plus again. I'm hopefully December there'll be better games. But everyone's gone Rapture. I played it. Um, I mean, it's free now. I guess I wish I didn't spend the money I did on it. Yeah. How much? How much was it at release? Was it was twenty? Wasn't it? I think no. It was twenty nine. I think mm. twenty four ninety nine. Or I think because I, I had played Plus at the time. I think it was twenty four ninety nine because it came with the dynamic theme and everything else. And so I think it was. I think it was like anywhere from twenty four ninety nine to twenty nine ninety nine. I I just remember buying it and then waiting until midnight to play it, and then I played it until about one thirty in the morning, and I was just like. You know, not really feeling this game right now. Yeah, um, I'm probably gonna download it and play it just because you know I waited so long to like Gone Home, and when I finally did, I actually enjoyed it more than I thought it would. Just yeah, Gone was Home mood. was pretty great. Yeah, I was just in the mood for like that short, interactive experience. Um, you know, it was a little slow, but like I said, I love the setting. I love being able to explore the big two-story house. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely going to pick this up and check it out. It's easy uh, platinum if you go through a guide. Yeah, that's I mean, right here. You can platinum right in like two hours. Yeah. 
right. a lot of walking. <laughs> uh, see here. So um, in the UK, there is a retail chain called Games, and there's some consumers just that game. are com- yeah games like no just game game oh it's possessive game. in the yeah, title game. <laughs> it's possessive in the title so i'm like oh wait okay so <laughs> welcome to game yeah there's some mm. uh anger in the uk because there's uh charges for the demo apparently consumers have complained about the retailer games decision to charge for demos of sony's new playstation virtual reality headset they're charging five pounds six dollars for 10 minutes or 15 for a half hour in-store trial games said that the fee is refundable against headset orders and enable it to employ dedicated staff for the demo stands. Sony is conducting a UK-wide free demo tour. It is said the decision to charge was at the discretion of the retailers. I did the whole air quotes like with my hands. Jamie Felton, <laughs> totally saw you. Virtual Reality News website Upload VR said he was blocked by Games Twitter account after retweeting a promotional tweet from one of its stores over the weekend with the comment, "This is not cool." I and, bet they blocked a lot of people because I saw a lot of people tweeting hate on that. Oh yeah, no, I was even saying about it. Um, see, some of the responses so far from, uh, well, actually, the responses from Jamie Felton, uh, he says, "I think it's not." A good practice he told the bbc about the charges i work in vr so i'm interested in what's healthy for vr and i don't think it's healthy to attach that image of it being a premium experience at that level we should encourage people to see it for free give them an amazing experience and then let them decide for themselves whether to buy it disgraceful twitter users expressed their frustration at the charges using the hashtag game vr which is which game has also using to promote themselves let's see game designer michael bithel said if there's one thing vr really needs it's another paywall i'm not reading all these different responses there's so much basically all right, but, all right. <laughs> they they defended themselves by saying by charging for the demo they're, they're it'll, it's allowing them to have an employee stand by the booth where people are doing VR and allowing that employee to just focus on the people trying out the VR. How much is cheapskates? <laughs> well, okay, okay. From, from a business standpoint, I understand what they were doing. Yeah. But it's totally wrong. I mean, the, these comments are absolutely on par. It's like, yeah, what's uh, what Mike Biffle said. If there's one thing VR needs, is another paywall. He's absolutely right because you want people to try this. If if I walked into a store, if I walked into a GameStop and somebody said, "Here for uh, ten dollars, you can play this for a half an hour," I'm like, "Go fuck yourself." Well, you're not the only retailer out there, right? So it's like if no other retailers are charging, then let them charge it. You can just go to another store. When I, when I first heard this announced, like, I thought it was Sony announcing it. And then when I started reading into it, I was like, are you serious? Because, like, you know, use GameStop, for example. When people go to GameStop to view the VR, you know, nine times out of ten, they're not just going to go see the VR. They might buy something while they're there, yeah. you know. Uh, they might pre-order a game, you know. Like, I don't know. I, I think it's a silly decision on their part. Um it's definitely not needed because VR right now is so new, so fresh, and people are trying to get their hands on it. And yeah. there's a lot of people out there who are, you know, uh, shying away from it because it was, 
they consider it gimmicky, I guess. Yeah. Um, yield, our own yield was one. Uh, I was one until you know I started reading up on it, and, and uh, that was know, the same way up until E three, and then I got right. to try Batman VR, and I was just like, I need it, I want it. And they're not what part of the VR. Did, they, did you try? Yeah. What? What part of the, what part of the Batman VR did you try? The intro. I play. It was just the intro. Yeah, I think it starts when you're sitting in front of the piano. Yeah. Okay. But um, I think it's funny because like I've been seeing a lot of people being like, "Oh, I can't find the PlayStation VR anywhere. Like the stores are sold out." I live in Southern California. There's, I even I think I texted you the photo, right, Tricky? Like they're in stock right. here. Even uh, yesterday I was at Target. They had about eight of them, and that was a different Target than the one that I sent you the photo from. So within a five mile radius, I've seen at least twenty of them in stock. So it's like they're not. There's still a lot of hesitation. I think a lot of people are still waiting. Because it's the end of October, we're what three and a half weeks away from Thanksgiving. I think a lot of people are seeing if there's going to be Black Friday deals for them. I, I I would I would seriously doubt there's going to be a Black Friday deal in VR. Yeah, probably not. Well, the thing about VR though is like unless you try it, you really have no idea. Like, yeah. I mean, you have to try it. So for them to be putting this restriction on people being able to try it like that that makes it harder like i mean if you haven't tried it you don't know how great it is and you're probably reluctant to buy it so like i don't see how putting a a barrier to people getting to try it is going to sell more headsets like that just seems counterproductive well like i said their their justification was that they wanted somebody to stand over there and i i actually seen somebody come back and say well they don't charge you to demo the PlayStation 4, you know, or the Xbox One or stuff like that, that's a little different because you're not, like, you're standing there and you basically know how to play a video game Yeah, system. they don't require some, the somebody v, to help. The VR headset requires somebody to stand there, put the headset on you, show you the proper way to wear it, you know, and whatnot, and it has to be synced up properly and all this other stuff. So from the business point standpoint of saying, okay, we have to have an employee stand there, Let's give them, uh, you know, let's find a way to fund having to have that extra employee stand here. And if they turn around and buy a VR headset, we waive that cost, which is basically, I mean, like, I hate to equate it to something like this. But if you go, like, you have damage done to your car, you take it to a mechanic, you have to pay that mechanic to give you an estimate. If you decide to have the mechanic fix the work, most times the mechanic just takes off the, the cost of the estimate. And just charges you for the repair. Let's, it's the same let's principle. It, a mechanic is more trained to do a job on your car than someone. As someone who worked at a GameStop for two years, <laughs> well, listen, I I'm can not, tell that's you said, the level that, that's of quality why I said, and intelligence needed to work there. No offense to any listeners that work at GameStop. I know the struggle. I was there for two years. I can tell you right <laughs> now. All I needed to know was the alphabet, so I could put DVDs, because back then they took DVD trade-ins, in alphabetical order, and I can tell you right now, game stores are never so busy that you need someone dedicated. Like, I would never see a video I, game store uh, that yeah, busy where you need someone dedicated. Right, let's, not let's, to mention, the, the retailer's going to profit way yeah. more than they'll ever pay that employee to stand oh, around. Oh, yeah, no. And also, well, I, 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 don't, think, I don't think that's necessarily true, though. Was, like, put a tip jar there. Like, oh, did you enjoy me helping you put on the headset? Feel free to tip your waiter. <laughs> okay, you that, like that's in the UK, they don't tip even waiters, though. Yeah. So, like, They're that's sitting there, not like, something that's the part of like, on, that, my move controller doesn't work. That's why I said <laughs> I, I hate... That's why I said I hate to 
you know, equate it to a mechanic, but it is the same principle. It's now, a similar principle. I don't, I don't know if it's yeah, I don't, the same. I, I don't agree with the practice at all. At, at all. Game is definitely wrong for doing this. But I understand. From a business side aspect, I understand. Well, they yeah, just I mean, you, whoever, you gotta have whoever a, made that business there, decision and you have to pay the staff and if you don't have if you're not bringing in revenue that you know justifies having them there but i don't know like yeah it's just kind of a, a weird thing and i i think they definitely took a a lot of a like if it's like for it and if they, it's like i think they deserve season, it i can see them bringing in an extra person like when it's like a week or so before christmas bringing in someone extra to help out but like even then, like, I don't know, just charging for it doesn't make any sense, because it's just, I mean, I, Tricky, you, you explained it, I, good job, thumbs up, I don't have my camera on, but I'm, thumbs up, like, but I just don't, it's so annoying, cause, like, I just think of as, like, anytime as a GameStop, I was like, man, I had to freaking, like, when Guitar Hero was first, like, was like, coming out, and, like, Rock Band and shit, I had to, like, teach these little, like, noobs and, like, annoying people, like, oh, you just tap the drum like this, and you hold the guitar like that, no one gave me extra money, I had to deal with dumbasses every day whenever Rhythm Game came out and, like, I remember Donkey Konga came out and I just wanted to, like, punch myself in the face because I have to teach these people how to, like, tap on a bongo. And it's just like, yeah, they're not as intricate as PlayStation VR, but it's like, I never got anything extra or no one charging extra to, like, show people how to play games. It's like, you're getting minimum wage, you work at a game store, it's not like there's a hundred people in the store, like, Two or three people come in. It's like, hey, do you want to try PlayStation VR out? Cool. Like, put the headset on. Hold these controllers. Let me push this button. Let me sync it. Now, do whatever you want. I'm going to go grumble about how much life sucks. I'll tell you what a bad business decision is. Naming your gaming retail store Game. <laughs> I don't know what they carry there. Games. <laughs> Welcome to Game, the largest movie retailing store in the world. We sell used vinyl music <laughs> and cassette tapes. We sell pop vinyl figures. Uh, Alright, moving on from game to some games coming out. Uh, so during Bad segue. Oh, a bad segue for me. A bad segue for me, but a great one if you said it. No, that, that yeah, was a bad set. I know it was. I'm sorry. I was channeling my inner tricky. I I only have to know what I know about hosting a podcast is what from as what I witnessed from you. So it's hard to like break out of not emulating how you host a oh, podcast. God. <sighs> but speaking of, during Paris Games Week, Square Enix made an announcement as Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix is coming to the PlayStation 4 in March. The HD remastered compilation brings six beloved Kingdom Hearts adventures to the PlayStation 4 and combined with the upcoming release of Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue gives fans the opportunity to experience all of their favorite moments from the series so far from the very first time on one platform. For those new to the series, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 plus 2.5 Remix also provides the perfect opportunity to jump in and experience the magic that is Kingdom Hearts ahead of its release of the upcoming Kingdom Hearts 3, which we still don't know when that's coming out. Which is never coming out. It's uh, good, though, because by will. the time I get through playing both or all of those games, uh, it'll probably be out. 
Oh, most likely. Here's the full list of titles included in Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 and 2.5 Remix. In the HD 1.5, you get Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, Kingdom Hearts RE Chain of Memories, Kingdom Hearts 358 out of 2, or slash 2 days. That's just, and that's not a game. That's just the cinematics from the game remastered in HD. And then we have the Kingdom Hearts 2.5, HD 2.5 comes with Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep Final Mix, and then Kingdom Hearts Recoded. And hey, uh, hey, Mark, where can somebody go and find that list if they want, want to double check it? Oh, if you want to actually, actually, if you want to see the list and you actually want to see the announcement trailer featuring music from Utada Hikaru, you can go to ProvenGamer.com, as well as the full opening movie for Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, which was also released during Perish game show so please head over to proven gamer to read that right now and go look so at those videos. Th- these are okay so 1.5 um, and 2.5 those were separate discs on ps3 is this all going to be combined into one disc for ps4 it's one product one um i don't know if it's gonna be on one disc but it is one, one product um like i bet game, i bet it'll case. probably all fit on one yeah uh, blu-ray oh yeah no i i'm actually excited about this honestly i bought 1.5 HD on the PS3, and then my PS3 died before I could get 2.5. I'm actually a really big Kingdom Hearts fan, who would as I'm playing World of Final Fantasy, and I, I don't know if I was on this podcast or not earlier in the year as a guest, but I was, uh, when they announced 2.8, or which was actually a couple months ago, I was just like, yeah, we're gonna get 1.5 and 2.5 in the beginning of... 2017 because Square Enix is 15 coming out and they flat out said once Final Fantasy 15 was done that's when they were going to go all hands on deck to work on Kingdom Hearts 3 and I was like they're going to have 1.5 and 2.5 come out on PS4 for everyone to play all those games going yeah. into see I've never played Kingdom them uh, they've always been games that have kind of been on my radar my little brother played them on the PS2 and they were always intriguing to me and I actually had the uh, 1.5 and 2.5 PS3 games on my Amazon wish list for the longest time just waiting for them to drop in price because I didn't want to pay 20 bucks a piece for them um, so as soon as this was announced I went and took them out of my Amazon wish list so I'll probably just get them on the PS4 oh, the best thing though is each individual game even if it's all on one disc has their own trophy list. So you're going to have, what, six or eight trophy lists on this? So you can... There's six trophy lists for between 1.5 and 2.5. Like, the Kingdom Hearts uh, 358 out of two days, it's just cinematic, so you just watch all of them, and you get 100% in the game. Cool. Yeah, I look forward to playing it, man. I've been working through all the Final Fantasy games and stuff like that on my Vita, and this is a series that's kind of been on my radar for a long time. Never had an opportunity to play it, and so I'm really looking forward to it. I played and beat the first one. It was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I I didn't get this. I actually didn't get hand, my hands on the second one until way after it released. And by then, I was like balls deep in like the 360 and stuff. And I ended up trading in a bunch of PS2 games like a dummy. Uh, and that was one of them that I traded in. So I never got a chance to experience the second one. So I'm I'd, I'd like to experience it. Uh, I, I am looking forward to three, but you know, there's just so many Kingdom Hearts out there now with like the handhelds and stuff, and uh, you know everyone always makes fun of the story and how convoluted it is and hard to keep up with and all. And, but I mean, if you just go back to basics and play the first Kingdom Hearts just to start off, it's as I say, they say that about Metal Gear, and that's one of my favorite series of all time. Oh yeah, so. oh definitely. Like, and, and I, I, I'm I'll defend Metal Gear's story in a heartbeat. <laughs> 
You know, I'm like, there's so much more to it. And they're like, well, explain it to me. And I'm like, I can't. <laughs> I can't do it. You, you have to experience it. Yeah. So. Nah. It, you don't have to play all the games, though, before 3. Like, I tell everyone flat out, just play Kingdom Hearts 1. Play Kingdom Hearts 2. Definitely play Birth by Sleep, just because I really enjoyed that as, like, a side game, I guess, out of the main ones. And honestly, like, one of them's just... Or not uh, Birth by Sleep, uh, Chain of Memories. Just play those three. And then Birth by Sleep, I mean, if you feel like playing it, play it. But then also, I mean, one of the games is just cinematics. So it doesn't hurt to just sit down and, like, watch 35 minutes yeah. of cutscenes. It's going to be... Like, I mean, it happens. Like, Square Enix, between publishing and all the games, like, they're just... Yeah. They're just steamrolling. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, we still have waiting for information. About yeah, I was going to bring that up. Mastered, so who... Like, Square Enix is just, just does no harm right yeah. now. They're just I'm, I'm wondering, though, like, what the progress is going to be once 15's released. Um, and I do believe that's why we haven't seen more on the 7 remake is because everyone's hands on deck right now to finish 15. Uh, yep. <clears throat> so it's going to be interesting to see the progress between like Kingdom Hearts 3 and 7 like are they going to have two teams on it or are they going to like go ahead and finish up the first season if you will uh from what I heard well from what I at least know of from just what other people have said in scene um there's been a team working yeah I think they they, uh, farmed it out didn't they they? like it's not an actual Square Enix team yeah no, and then when 15's done, I'm a, like at least 75% of the team working on 15 is going to Kingdom Hearts, and then they're going to work on 7, because they have their other team now that's finishing up and working on the new Final Fantasy fourteen expansion, which I believe might be their second-to-last expansion for the game, so they're just all over the place with everyone working on something right now, and I think the next... I mean starting from now until next year and into 2018. They're going to be really busy with a lot of games coming out. Especially Kingdom Hearts. Looking forward Good deal. <sighs> and, uh, Tricky, you're awfully quiet about Kingdom Hearts. As someone who played, you know, I know it's different, but Disney Infinity and your Disney characters, I'm surprised you're not saying anything about Kingdom Hearts where there's... Uh, I'm not a big... Uh, I'm not as big of a Kingdom Hearts fan as other people. I I played both the games. I beat both the games. I love the games. I didn't pick them up on the PS3 because I had the idea that they would eventually come to the PS4. Oh, boy. <laughs> it's so quiet today. <laughs> well, it's, it's actually, not a, from, not a high score it's actually further away now. It. Yeah, it's no, actually... no, well, yeah, because uh, I actually rearranged my living room. Uh, so it's actually, instead of being directly in front of me, it's about uh, I'd say ten feet behind me, so. Uh, sorry, got distracted. I, I'm actually watching the Rangers game off to the side. That's why I was quiet. And then you started talking to me, and they scored. Um, yeah, because I was like, he's awfully quiet about this. I was like, he's well, gonna say something. I, I mean, I'm happy they're coming to the PS4. Um, I, obviously, you know, I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna play it. But I, I think, and I know this is sad to say. I don't think I'm excited about Kingdom Hearts 3 anymore. It's just been way too long. Now, maybe once I play uh, 1 and 2 again, that uh, I, the hype will be there. But I think I just think Kingdom Hearts is going to like go the way of like Final Fantasy 15 and The Last Guardian. It's just going to take way too long yeah. to get here. That we're well, just going to lose interest. 
Yeah, well, like I told you when we were talking earlier, like me playing World of Final Fantasy, how like it ha- it's like a, just a combination of all the various king- like uh, Final Fantasy characters throughout the years. Like, and there's a Coliseum mode just like in Kingdom Hearts. So World of Final Fantasy kind of got me more hyped for when Kingdom Hearts comes out, just because I like the quirky, not serious animated style. Like, it really plays like a Kingdom Hearts game with like the dialogue and how the characters progress. Fifteen, I'm already like I canceled my. 250 or 280 dollar for 15 because of money and also like as they were showing more stuff about the game and talking about the game not yeah, see that's the problem i'm running into right now with uh world of world of final fantasy like i i bought i got it on the vita and i want i was playing it and then about five ten minutes in i'm like yeah i i don't know if i want to play another final fantasy well, game well that's your problem you're playing it on the vita like on the ps4 playing on the ps4 is I don't have a Vita. I've talked to a few people who have bought it on both, and uh, they're they've all but stopped and uninstalled it off their Vita because I, I'm I'm not having any frame rate issues. Vita. I'm not having any gameplay issues. It's just the idea of walking around and randomly being attacked. You know, like the Final Fantasy model is. I just yeah, but you get to capture I, I the just, monsters like Pokemon. I, I, yeah, that, that happened in my first battle. Uh, the next nineteen, they didn't even give me an option. Yeah, because so. All right, we're gonna talk about that later on. But <laughs> that being said, if you're already on ProvenGamer.com reading about the Kingdom Hearts 1.5 and 2.5 Remix Edition coming to PS4, we have another announcement on ProvenGamer.com as well. Sony has announced third-party controllers are gonna be available this holiday season. That's right. Sony announced on their official PlayStation blog that they will be releasing two third-party controllers, both being developed by Razer and. Nacon? Nacon? Okay, whatever. It will be available later this year. Labeled the Razer Raiju Gaming Controller and the Nacon Revolution Pro Controller, these controllers are being developed for the sole purpose to give more competitive and pro players a more diverse selection in peripherals to give them the competitive edge when playing their favorite sports or FPS games. Razer, the company that brought you the Razer Wildcat gaming controller for the Xbox One, collaborates once again to use their extensive knowledge of esports peripherals to make the ideal tournament-grade controller. Designed for conquering professional esports tournaments, the Razer Raiju is equipped with advanced controller customization and ergonomics. Its features include two extra bumpers and two extra detachable triggers, built-in control panel on the front of the controller, Trigger stop switches and hair trigger mode for ultra-fast trigger responses. Two custom profiles, which you can instantly switch between and modify, and a 3.5mm headset jack and dedicated headset volume and mic mute controls. It also has a detachable analog stick rubber caps, which provide extra grip during intense gaming sessions. It's compatible with all PS4 systems via the braided 3-meter-long USB Cable detachable for easy storage. Also developed with esports players in mind, the Nacon team of industrial designers and engineers collaborated with pro gamers to develop the revolutionary the Revolution Pro controller to meet a wide range of your gameplay needs. Thanks to this collaboration, the Revolution Pro controller features include a 46 degree amplitude dual analog sticks enhanced with innovative firmware for advanced esports accuracy and reach, four extra shortcut buttons, eight-way directional pad, four custom profiles all configured via the companion PC applications, which enable 
players to remap buttons, assign macros to the four shortcut controls, and adjust analog and trigger sensitivity. There's also two internal compartments with six additional weights for tailored balance and feel. It's compatible also with all the PS4 systems via the 3 meter long, secure connected USB cable, which is detachable for easy storage as well. So both controllers are going to be available this holiday season, so I'm assuming end of November, early December, because there's no real official date yet. That was me adding that in, by the way. That makes sense. Uh, before we get into the controllers, I just looked up Kingdom Hearts on Amazon. Uh, both game, all, all the games are going to be on one disc, and it's going to retail for fifty dollars. That's a good price. Mm. Six games for forty nine bucks, or five games for forty nine bucks. So uh, yeah, not bad. Yeah, these controllers. I I don't know what you, how you guys feel about it. Uh, I they look ugly. Yeah, they, they kind do. of they look, they look pretty chintzy. Now, you know what? I'm going to go first on this. I, I was really hoping they would copy the Xbox Elite controller because the Xbox Elite controller at least looks it's in, it's in the same shape of a regular Xbox One controller. That These Xbox Elite look- controller is like supposed to be like just a damn good controller. Like, I mean, the feel, everything about it is is top notch. Better the first be. one, the Razer one. Kind of looks like a Batwing. I was about to say that. They look like failed prototypes for, like, Batman position controllers. And the, the Nikon <laughs> one basically looks like the OG Xbox controller. So the, the little controls at the bottom of the Razer one for, like, the volume and all that stuff, yeah. it looks exactly like... So I've actually got an Xbox One controller that I used to play on PC, and it's one of the ones that came at launch, so it didn't have the headphone jack on the bottom. So I bought one of the little adapters that plugs into the to the bottom of the controller, and those controls look identical to the ones that are on that little plug-in Xbox One controller that plugs into the bottom so you can uh, plug in a headphone into it. Yeah, not to, not to mention the... The let's see the razor one looks. I mean, other than the shape of it, the the buttons are in the exact same spot. The Nikon one, they flipped. That's Nikon. The, Nikon that's, yeah. that's not actually Nikon. Nikon. I was like Nikon. Nikon. It's, di- it's different. Yeah, it's, di- it's different it's companies. Nikon. Nikon's okay. the the company Na- that makes okay. like chargers. Okay, the Nikon. Sorry. Yeah. They flipped the analog and the directional pad on the left side. Uh, Wow, these controllers—that was quick. Don't look. I don't know. They look bulky. Like I was hoping. So yeah, like the, the I'm the not buying Nikon either one. one. Like the layout is pretty much identical to an Xbox One controller. It's got the offset thumbsticks with the uh, the D pad down uh, down into the right of the first thumbstick. Yeah, that doesn't mess me up. Like I, I'm so used to the thumbstick. Like I don't know how. It almost reminds me of like the GameCube when they had the little tiny yellow, like uh, the thumb C stick. Sti- yeah, the C stick, and then they also had the C like arrows for the direction. I was like, that, that's too much. Like it's too weird looking. <clears throat> like I'm, I'm glad that Sony's, uh, you know, given us different options for controllers. Uh, you know, when, when the Xbox Elite controllers announced, I'm sitting, I was sitting back waiting for Sony to announce some sort of Elite controller. Uh, wasn't too thrilled about the price, so I was kind of hoping that Sony could make something comparable but cheaper. Um, I think that's why maybe they're going this route because it being third party, perhaps it's going to be cheaper. Uh, it also eliminates but, but, the risk on their part. You know, they're not producing yeah. it, so they they don't lose any if money if it's not successful. Yeah, if it if yeah, I was, yeah, 
if it's not good, then it's like, you know, we can't really blame them. Uh, but here's the thing that kind of irritates me is, you know, the, the PS4 controller, in my opinion, is is awesome. I love the feel of it. It's so sleek. It's comfortable. The uh, Razer actually makes a, as you know, it's mentioned in the article, they make a controller for the Xbox called the Wildcat. And if you take a look at it, it looks like a three, uh, not, well, it looks like an Xbox controller, just slightly different, you know, like they put their own little spin on it. With this, I, had to step, I had to step away for a second. Did anybody mention that both of these are not wireless? They're both wired controllers? Yeah, but see, the thing is, with when you're like competitive like this is uh, supposed to be for, uh, running a controller wireless actually introduces some uh, latency, so it's actually ideal to have a controller that's plugged in for like eSports. Oh, yeah, like that. Input, Ma- input, maybe input, maybe input. I'm spoiled, but I want wireless. Yeah. Uh. Um. I didn't know there was a big esports market where PS4s were being used as the main. I know because of Street Fighter Five, but like most of the time you see. Well, I mean, it's just that this year, this generation, the PS4 has become the primary platform for everything. So it just you know goes to show that that the PlayStation Four is going to jump ahead in a lot of uh, esports. Yeah, it's just I don't know. And not to mention with Street Fighter Five, everybody's using a fight stick. Yeah, like so that's why I was like, I don't really. I mean. I don't know the whole Wii control. Like I don't know, it's just weird. I'm, I'm not gonna buy one. I, when they when I heard there was third party before I read like what brands they were gonna be. I was like, is Mad Cat's gonna come back with like a controller finally for PlayStation? And I heard Mad Cat's is going out of business. They're, yeah, yeah they're Cats. struggling right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of fight sticks, uh, Frosty, you know a place where we can find a good fight stick? I do. You go to www.facebook.com slash fightstickguy for custom handcrafted arcade-style fight sticks. Uh, all fight sticks are completely customizable to your liking. You can get LED lights. Uh, you get a cool little Dragon Ball Z fight stick where the ball top is an actual four-star Dragon Ball like the one I have. Uh, it's only one made, only one like it in the world. Um, again, that's facebook.com slash fightstickguy. Tell them Frosty sent you. He won't give you a discount, but just tell him. He'll tell you how cool I am. I I, I really wanted you to say the catchphrase too, because you don't bring a pad to a stick fight. All right. With that being said, that's the news really for the week. And this week, um, Sophie's trophy. Anybody? Because I have one. If no one does, tricky. Tell us some about some of them dope ass VR trophies, man. Yeah, actually, that's a good idea. Well, since we so- talk so much about VR. Uh, the VR trophies, uh, they're so far the ones I've gotten, especially in Batman VR and the Playroom VR, they're very easy trophies. They're very easy to obtain. The Batman ones are associated with uh, basically, you know, there's com- level completions. Uh, there's ones for going back and getting all the Riddler challenges. There's one for getting for all the destructibles. Uh, I, I do like the fact that with the with the VR headset, some of the destructibles. It really uh, makes you bend down and look around, and you have to. Re- you, you really have to look around. They're not just out in the open, and it's. Uh, you really have to, you know, move your head around and try to look through things. Uh, one I will tell you is, uh, without spoiling anything in the game, uh, there is a sewer level which I mentioned before. Um, as you're going down the, the sewer. Um, there's actually uh, an opening to your right side that you have to you have to bend down, look to your right to find a fuse box, 
and it's very very easily missable that you will you won't even notice it unless you're really looking for it so like it really incorporates that uh the one thing i will say about the vr trophies uh it it makes it a little hard to trophy hunt with the vr mostly because of the fact that the trophy notification doesn't pop up on the vr headset it doesn't pop up on the tv screen either so you really don't know that you get a trophy unless you hear the ting. As I say, does it make and the dinging it, noise at least? It makes it, but it's very, very faint. So it's 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 not apparent that you got the trophy. And why I'm saying it's annoying is because if you're going for that trophy, you don't know that if you got it, and then you have to take the headset off to go into your trophies to see if you got it. I mean, I guess you could hit the PS button and go into your trophies and see if it popped. Um, but and heaven if, forbid if, you have to use a guide. <laughs> take well, no. Your, what I'm saying your... is like, well, like if I didn't tell you about the the fuse box down the you know the 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 opening on the in the sewer, you would have to you know you have to use a guide and you know with the VR headset you, you can't exactly just walk up to your TV you know your computer or your phone and say okay let me look this up real quick and then you know turn back to your TV and go back and forth like it really like it hinders the fact that you have to if you have to find collectibles you're not gonna. Have an easy time doing it unless somebody's I was sitting there. You at get at the an computer. assistant to sit yeah. there. I had to hire the goddess to be my mini map. Um, so that's why he's charging $10 for 15 minutes of playing his PlayStation VR because he has to pay somebody to sit there and tell him when his trophies pop. <laughs> but I, I will tell you, uh, having the VR uh, has reiterated the fact that I do not play games with the goddess. <laughs> because, like, play, like play, playing the. Uh, the haunted, uh, the haunted house mission, like you have to be on point, and like me and her started uh, getting a little into a little bit of an argument this morning because you know the I had the VR headset on and she was giving me instructions about where the ghost was, and what she would say was like instead of saying behind the desk right there, like saying behind the desk so I know to look at the desk and then I say right there, she would say right there. And then say behind the desk. And meanwhile, like my mind, I'm like, we're on a time, whatnot. She go right there. I hit the button and then the ghost would move because I hit the wrong spot. She goes, well, why didn't you wait until I said behind the desk? I'm like, no, you're saying the direction's backwards. Yeah. Location so like first. me and her start getting a little tiff. Yeah. So we got, we got into a little tiff. And I, like after that, I took a headset off and said, listen, I'm just going to stop playing now before me and you start arguing. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Yeah. You're like, listen, won't you go make me a sandwich? Oh. I got, I got all the games to play. <laughs> yo, yo, I'm leaving that in the show, so when the goddess hears that, oh, she's going to drive down to Carolina. You're going to be on a list. I love you, Tina. Nah, it's... I, it's, uh, I, I, I want to play VR. When, when, when can I expect mine? Do you need my address? Did he just say he's... Ross, did he just say he's sending them right away? Is that what he said? He's sending our uh, VR Yeah, I think, he, I think he did. Uh, you heard it here. Yeah. You heard it here, folks. You heard it he said, expect <laughs> no, it. No, I'm not saying anybody a VR right headset. He said he's shipping it right away. All right, so with that, that's our Sophie's Trophy. And our top of the week is going to be combined usually with our listener emails. Because guess what? We got an email. Well, well, Tricky got an email. And. Well, the show got The an show email. got an email. Thanks to my requests for emails. Because. That's why Troy's Check around. When Troy says things, the listeners, they they, they react to it's it because I threatened to kill him because I'm the trophy horse killer. Which is why I brought him in this week. 
That was my executive decision. Not Tricky's. Don't listen to anything he says. But here's, I, I'm so glad that I worked the, behind the scenes and you take full credit. Like I said before, no matter what Tricky says, because he's going to try and slander me <laughs> like normal. Okay, so it doesn't say this. Who uh, Tricky, though, who is the email from? It is from Kalai, who, ironically, uh, I met, and she became a fan of Proven Gamer. Uh, do you remember the Loot Podcast and Trophy Horrors? When I met her at a um, an event with, for the VR, which, here's the jokes coming, I was hired to be the celebrity to show up and help promote it. <laughs> <laughs> did they pay you? Did they Right. Yeah, Tom Cruise Hollywood. over here. No wonder he doesn't want to do the show anymore. He's moving on. <laughs> His agent won't allow him. My, my agent's being the goddess. The email says, I want to address Tricky Mix comments about the Nintendo Switch being gimmicky. First of all, the Nintendo Switch is a lot like the, the movie Star Wars The Force Awakens. Both moviegoers and Nintendo fanboys and girls know the last three were all right, but the new one gives us hope and we're still going to buy it anyways. Nintendo has no chance of catching Xbox and PS4 when it comes to market share. Even if Nintendo approves their network capability, the other consoles have major shares in the market, and Nintendo has not a chance of stealing those shares away. This is the reason I believe Nintendo needs to be bold and market a feature that no other console has to offer. Not to mention the Xbox and the PS4 have trophies and Gamerscore, which will affect the console the consumer will buy a particular game on. I know if I had a choice between buying Skyrim Remastered between the Nintendo and the PS4, I'm going to lean heavily on the one with trophies. The Switch being a, sec- uh, being a portable device makes me second-guess which system I want to play it on. The thought of popping down on my couch next to my husband while he plays on his system is very appealing. I have to travel a lot and help take care of my parents, and bringing the Switch with me will make my traveling a little bit more fun. The gaming industry needs fresh new ideas, even if they are gimmicky. If you're afraid of giving things, I recommend returning to PSVR because that's what VR is right now, is a very expensive gimmick. VR games are not tailored to long experiences. Granted, it's a fun gimmick, but it's still a gimmick. And I believe Nintendo gimmick is being marketed to the series gamer finally, and this will breathe new life in the Nintendo ecosystem without Nintendo having to struggle to take shares away from a bigger console. As for me, I will be pre-ordering my Switch today to announce for pre-order. And I'm planning on taking the day off. I get the new console to explore the new hardware and the new Zelda. First up, before I, I, I have I'll say, um, pre-orders for the Nintendo Switch apparently will be dropping on November 17th. It's when they're going to be available to pre-order. That's what I heard. Huh, that's crazy because I think that was it in the announcement that they're not even going to announce the price yeah, until but they're like gonna January 12th. They're going to start pre-orders in November. That's nuts. How are they going to do pre-orders if nobody knows what how much they're pre-ordering? Doesn't matter. It's Nintendo. Um, I guess so. I don't. I don't know if like I get it because Nintendo. You know they've. Uh, it is gimmicky. The Switch is gimmicky. Like that's what Nintendo's been doing ever since the Wii. But I don't consider PlayStation VR an expensive gimmick or any VR for that. I think that's the evolution where gaming is going. Like, the 3D TVs, those were the whole PlayStation 3D TV displays and stuff. Like, the whole 3D gaming and movies, that was gimmicky. Whereas VR is, like, that's more of the evolution of gaming. The Switch, though, like, I mean, I love it. Like, I wasn't on the podcast last week, so, and that, like, I love the Switch. I'm pre-ordering it day one. I just like the idea that it's a Nintendo console that is going to have actual third-party games on it. That's all I really care about. So what do you what are you expecting for third party games on this thing? 
Um, well, looking at, like, <laughs> some of the, like, companies when they announce, like, X-Seed games, they do, like, Blaze Blue and, like, okay. some good, you know, fighting games. And X-Seed um, makes games already for for the Nintendo consoles. I mean, it's a Japanese developer. They make a lot of the JRPGs and stuff like that. Oh, I know, but they don't get all the, they don't get all of them on the, they, they get a lot of the X-Seed games they do is okay. on the 3DS. They don't get a lot of stuff going to, like, the Wii U and stuff like that. They do a lot of the handheld games for the 3DS, but I'm hoping some of the more console uh, RPGs will make their way there, and hopefully with Arc Labs and everything okay. else. Okay, that that'll probably happen. Yeah, and for that's sure. I definitely yeah, behind like that. Namco Bandai and stuff like that. Like I'm okay with, you know, I like JRPGs. I like anything that's kind of equivalent to what I play on my 3DS that I can have on there. Like, I obviously, completely agree. If I, something comes like Skyrim comes out on the Switch and PS4, I'm always going to choose Sony as my top first priority for any cross-platform games. I'm just hoping with the Switch, they open the door and they're not going to shove, like, a Mario Kart constantly or Mario... Like, I'm hoping they start getting some fresh ideas because the Wii was really good at one point when they had, like, Mad World, No More Heroes, and this and that. So I'm hoping that's what we're going to see. So for third parties, I know you're going to get all the Japanese developers, all the Monster Hunters, all those games are going to end up on the Switch. Uh, I think of what a lot of people think when they see all those third parties like EA and Activision and all that, they think they're getting the new Call of Duties and the Titanfalls and the Battlefields, and that's not going to happen. If it does happen, those games are going to be completely gimped. Um, It's come out this week that uh, all the dev kits for the Switch have four gigabytes of memory that's shared between the, uh, the processor and the GPU. Um, so on top of the fact that the processor itself is, is basically a mobile processor, so it's not going to be as powerful as the one that's in the Xbox One and the PS4, uh, the memory is half of what both the current Xbox One and the PS4 have in them, so it's not going to be able to pull all those hot AAA top-of-the-line games. Third parties will probably make games for this, but it's not going to be the new hotness, and if it is the new hotness, it's going to be severely gimped. Yeah, um, there's a lot of news coming out for the Switch, which I think is hilarious because a lot of it's conjecture, you know, Um, because we don't really know. Like, Nintendo is not going to really, truly announce price points and specs until... January. Well, yeah, but the, what the specs are going off of is the dev kits, which have been released to developers. So if you're a, if you're one of these three third parties, you have a dev kit for this, and you go off the specs that are in that. With I mean, if it's got four gigabytes of memory, and that's what you're de- designing your game around, then it's a pretty good shot that that's definitely what's going to be in the console. Well, I mean, the good news is it's twice as powerful as the Wii U. Yeah, no, I mean, and and okay, so <laughs> I've got opinions on the on the Switch uh, versus the Xbox One and the PlayStation that will be very unpopular amongst people in this show, it, or people who even listen to this podcast. Um, basically, I like what Nintendo's doing. They are innovating. Uh, you call it gimmicks. They're doing something different. They're stepping outside the box. They're always coming up with something new. Every single console is a new thing. Uh, what Sony and Microsoft have fallen into is they're basically creating these systems that are underpowered PCs. So they, they're built on PC architecture, and they're, they're PCs internally, but the thing is, is they're underpowered compared to what most gaming PCs can do to the nowadays. So basically what they're doing is they're making an underpowered PC, and they're forcing you to buy games that only they approve to go onto this PC. So going forward, the way I see myself, I, I own an Xbox One, I own a PS4, I also have a pretty damn good gaming PC right now, so what I see myself going forward is I will buy the Switch because that's where I can play all the Nintendo games, I can play a lot of the JRPGs and, and all the you know quality games that are coming there, but beyond this generation, 
I don't see myself buying a PS4 Pro. I don't see myself buying an Xbox Scorpio. I don't see myself going and buying any of these iterative, because that's all they're doing. They're just iterating and, and adding a little more power each time to the PlayStation and the Xbox. If I'm going to do that, I just might as well take that four or 500 bucks that I would buy on a, on a console and drop it into my PC and just beef up my PC, because then I'm getting most of the games. There's very few exclusives that are coming to either of those consoles anymore that I can't get on the PC, and the PC versions are usually better. There's a few exceptions, like Batman Arkham Knight, but they're usually better on the PC, and you get you know mod support and the fact that I can go back and emulate old systems and play old games on my PC that I couldn't do on my my PlayStation or my Xbox. So unless something major happens with those two new the the two main console manufacturers, I don't see myself buying any more of their consoles. Whereas I will continue to buy Nintendo consoles as long as they continue to innovate. Actually, agree one hundred percent. Like right, I made a joke yeah. when the Scorpio was announced. This that I was like. Why don't they just make a modular console for Sony? It's like okay, it's modular. So like a couple months from now, they're like, oh well, we're gonna instead of PS4 Pro, PS4 Pro, like oh well, now we have the new GPU you can put in it. Just go buy it. Like it's it's eventually gonna be that because the the gap between console releases and you're completely correct. Like ever since PS2, like or the PS3, I should say, because they went from DVD to Blu-ray. It's just like all they're doing is upgrading the hard uh, the hardware inside a little bit they're not putting the top of the line that's out there now and you're just whereas nintendo since the gamecube all the way even the n64 they went from cartridge the gamecube had the little mini discs and you can connect like your Game Boy sps to it and use this controller like every console nintendo puts out is just completely unlike anything else on the market it's just the thing that's i personally because i've had a i've i've had a wii i've had a wii, i have a wii u the thing that always gets me is the game support is what hurts. Yeah, and yeah, especially and, the third party. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, that's something I uh, talked to Tricky about a while back is, you know, I personally think that this new Zelda is going to help push sales for Switch. Granted, the Switch is already off to a, an astronomically better uh, start than the Wii U simply because of the promotion that it had and the fact that when it was announced, everyone knew about it. You know, the Wii U had like a a borderline phantom announcement and release. Oh, it, it helps that the name is different. Like, with the Wii U, everyone thought that it was just an accessory to add to the Wii because it said Wii in the name. So the fact that they got away from that nomenclature helps them a ton. People will recognize that this is a brand new right. thing and not just an accessory right. that they can buy for their Wii. And, and having a big title like Zelda come out, you know, at launch, um, I'm fingers crossed that it is, in fact, coming out on launch, at launch. Uh, along with the console, I think it's going to help the sales for that console a lot. Um, they just need to build on that. Uh, you know, I, now I'm, I'm going to be talking a lot more about Nintendo uh, when I record later tonight. Um, there goes the buzzer. Never fails. But, I think it's a good uh, distance. Yeah. We all know it's there, but it's not like super loud. I actually can barely <laughs> yeah. hear it. So. Um, <clears throat> but I think it's interesting, you know. T- it's going to be interesting to see what they do with like the cartridges. The fact that they went back to cartridges, I think, is a a really interesting uh, decision. Um, I actually read today you're, you're talking about the, the four gigabytes. Uh, the cartridges are actually slated to be able to hold like was sixteen gigs. Yeah. See, now that's Euro, another thing. Though, gamer, if you look at like your Titanfalls or, or or most AAA games that are coming out now, a lot of them are eighty gigs plus. 
um, the internal storage on this, I don't know what it would be, but you know, on a on a cartridge, you're not going to probably fit an 80 plus gig game on there. Um, so they're going to be smaller games, but it's it's a smart move to go with the cartridges, especially. Um, when you have this thing undocked, uh, you don't have like a, a disk drive that's trying to read disks, so it's not pulling power. The, the the cartridges pull way less power to pull these games off of the chip, so right. it's actually really smart. That's I also wonder too. Sure. How's that going to affect their handheld market, like the 3DS and stuff? So they've like come, out they come out and said they come out and said that the the Switch is not going to like encroach on the 3DS market, and I'm sure in the early in the early outset, it probably won't. I think eventually they'll try and phase people off of the 3DS and into the Switch after they've sold a bunch and they've got a bunch of games. Um, but I, I honestly believe them. The Switch itself doesn't seem like a super portable system. It's more like a tablet or even like walking around with your uh, your Wii U gamepad in your hand. So it's not super portable. It's not something that you're going to take around a lot with you. Like if you're going off to, you know, to like like she said when she's going to her parents house like that's a perfect opportunity you know you you got it with you you can play the games if you're going you know on business trips all the time you're in a hotel like that's a perfect opportunity to use this thing but like if you're just going out you know to uh, you know on your commute on the bus or on the train it seems way less practical for that compared to a 3ds or a vita um so in the on the onset i i believe them that it's not going to necessarily encroach on the 3ds um market because it, it, they, they really are kind of two different things with, with that and, and, and they announced based on what you want to bring in they, they also announced that uh, the Switch was going to be first and foremost a home console and that, that makes me happy too because it's almost like you know they're saying yeah we have a gimmick but we're also catering to those hardcore gamers who want to have that single player experience at home with, with good titles yeah, that's the thing so, too. Is like, I mean, with the Nintendo, normally you would have to have their home console, you'd have to have the Wii, or and you'd have to have a 3DS in order to play all of their games because you know the, the the games are split between those two platforms. Now you can have them all in one place, and you can play them either on the go or at home on your TV. So like, the idea the idea that you can like play the new Pokemon on your television is pretty dope, you know, considering yeah. that's that's almost yeah. never ever happened other than like spin-off games like Pokemon Snap and all that. So it, it's kind of unprecedented and it helps to have all of their developers being able to focus all of their games on this one platform rather than splitting it between the 3DS and the Switch. The Switch portable reminds me like the guys in the 80s and 90s that would carry boomboxes on their shoulders. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, like that, like a modern day version of that. <laughs> like you imagine us carrying a uh like our 32-inch TVs like strapped on our shoulders with our PS4s, like somehow rigged, like in a backpack, <laughs> We're just carrying it around playing it. Uh, okay, maybe, well, maybe not that bad, but no. it's, a, it's a funny visual, though. Yeah, I just had that anyway, image. I was like, Haha. that was a that was a really awesome email. I'm glad that we got an email. I, we need, yeah. definitely need more. Uh, appreciate writing in. Uh, so let's get another email for next week. If it's still Switch related, completely fine. I, I think because Tricky's the aficionado out of the, all of us with the PlayStation VR, a VR email would be nice, so we can pick uh, more of Tricky's brain because this has been a very PlayStation VR heavy podcast, and I I'm actually generally curious about more VR stuff, so I'm pretty sure I'll be bo- after wrestling pay per views and stuff. I'll be bothering Tricky and asking more stuff. And it makes sense since this is a PlayStation podcast, and so far two episodes in a row we spent a pretty significant time talking about yeah. a Nintendo console. It would be all right to get some more PlayStation talk. Well, you guys talked about it. I haven't said anything in the last ten minutes. <laughs> Let's talk about hey, the you pro. Read the email. But no. That was the last thing I said. 
But yeah, no, but actually, I well, we were going to say, I was I, as the host, I was going to save you for last because it was addressed to you because you're the one who stirred the pot by saying it was too gimmicky. So I was kind of going to let you, like, talk last, but then you kind of ruined it for me because I have no segue. So, tricky. Since you are the main, uh, your words were the motivational fuel to this fire of this email. Well, I, I want to defend myself a little bit here because... When I said last week that I think the the switch uh, is too gimmicky, uh, let me be clear about what I'm saying. I don't I don't have a problem in itself with Nintendo being have, doing a, a console and having a gimmick. That that's not what I was trying to apply at all. What I'm saying is there are gamers, and I think the four of us, uh, along with Alex and Yield, um, would agree. That we want Nintendo to come back and, and rise to the top again. Not not necessarily take over the number one position, but being able to compete. Like right now, and like I, I know I'm going to get some guff when I say this. I think true legitimate gamers look at Sony and Microsoft and go, okay, they're the leaders. And Nintendo is basically a joke at this point. And when I'm saying that, I'm not saying like Nintendo in itself is a joke, but when you look at the games that the the PlayStation 4 is putting out, the Xbox One's putting out, and you look at the games that Nintendo's putting out, there are considerable differences. I want like give me a Zelda game that looks like Uncharted. Give me a Metroid game. That looks like The Last of Us. Those graphics are the type of games everything. I want. Well, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not saying graphics are everything. And that, that what, I, what my point being is, I want those style of games. Like Mario. Unfortunately, you know, it's the same story every time. Princess gets kidnapped. Got to go save her. Got to kill, kill Bowser. And over the years, they added the Koopa Kids. They, you know, they added Birdo and whatever the I, I don't remember the the, the boss of uh, Super Mario Two was. I forget his name. But you know, give Frogo. me I don't know. Give give me those type of games. And when I was saying last week that Nintendo Switch is a gimmick, I was saying like, don't give us a gimmick. Give us a game that can can, can compete. I want that game that that I want that system that I turn around and go, okay, I have to go buy the Switch. Right now, I'm like, yeah, the Switch would be nice to have, but I don't need it. I want that system that like says, okay, that's a day one purchase for me. You know, and and fortunately for me personally, Mario, Zelda, those games don't drive me to go pick up the Switch day one. I love those games. Those games are great for what they are, but that that's not a those not the games that's going to turn around and say, okay, I have to have this day one. If you're Where, not excited about Breath of the Wild, you are not buying a Nintendo console. See, no, here's the thing. I agree with you, though, Tricky. I'm buying a Switch, but it's not because of Zelda. I'm not buying Zelda day one. I'm over the years. I've slowly not cared about Zelda games that have come out since Twilight Princess. But, so but even I'm not even. Even, I mean, look, Breath of the Wild, it to me, honestly, it looks like a kid's game. It, it, it's, it doesn't look like a serious Zelda game. Disney and maybe, 70? 
maybe I'm being spoiled, but I I I, I enjoy those serious games. Like I, I know that people will argue with me, but to me, Last of Us is the greatest game ever made, and it's not because of graphics. It's not because of story. It's not because of gameplay. It's all three of those combined. The fact that playing The Last of Us was an experience. I remember playing The Last of Us and it was my hands started trembling because I was so tense worrying about that clicker coming around that corner. I Playing the Mario game, I don't think I'm going to get that. Playing the Zelda game, I don't think I'm going to get that. And I want those experiences. I want that kind of experience in Zelda. I want to to... To have to go into a dungeon and legitimately feel tense about walking around a corner and and being able to defend myself and whatnot. But those Nintendo games have me... never been that game. Like I don't see how you want them to revolutionize it. They're they're building these games on a tried and true formula that they've been ever since the beginning. Like they're not trying to reinvent those games. But that's that's my point. Is that because at some point you have to take that step. They're taking their steps in producing gimmicks on their consoles. They're not taking those steps to improve their games. I mean, whether you agree with it or not, look at Metroid. Metroid was a good, solid game. Then came Super Metroid. They reinvented it when they made Metroid Prime. Like, it completely, they turned it into first person. And it was good. So good. See, I disagree with you. But I disagree with you because I don't play first person games. But with that being said, at least they tried with Metroid. <laughs> so you want them to reinvent their games, but reinvent them in a way that you like, not necessarily because, I mean, Metroid Prime, it, it was critically acclaimed. Like, everybody loved it. Uh, you don't like first-person games, so you don't think that was an innovation. Like, you yeah. want them to innovate their games, but you want them to innovate the games the way you want them. You want them to turn Mario into The Last of Us or into Uncharted and they and turn Zelda into The Last of Us. Well, there was a lot of skeptics when Prime was announced. Because of it being first person, but when it came out, it was really good. I don't want them to turn Zelda into a survival horror game. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is, I want, I want Nintendo to be able to produce games of that quality. But what makes them you that quality? I mean, like, is it? It's not the graphics. I mean, because that's that's not Nintendo's it's personal forte. opinion. Okay, do you think you can get? And I, I know I'm comparing it, and it's two different systems, two different things. But the storytelling of The Last of Us. Let's say Naughty Dog wakes up tomorrow and they say, we're going to develop for the Nintendo exclusively. Do you think that Naughty Dog would be able to to give you a Last of Us experience on the Switch? Sure, yeah, because that's all in the yeah. writing. Like it, I don't, it just, I don't who, think you. Who's I don't, writing the game is going to make the story. The music, if it's the not the graphics the that, that makes that story compelling, if it's the story that makes that story compelling, then anybody could do that. I mean, you just have to be creative enough to create something that that hits you with those feels. I mean, it's got if it's independent of graphics or power of the console. I mean, you could turn an eight bit game into something that's compelling that you that you speaking of. It's on the PlayStation Store actually, and it's eight bit. It's called Home H O M E. I actually but, really liked it. Great storytelling. How about but this? See, the, before The Last of Us, there was Resident Evil 4. And let's remember what console it was exclusive that, that to when it came out. out. Yeah, Nintendo. Garbage. I didn't even like Resident Evil 4. Oh, my. Whew. I'm going I'm to okay. let you slide because you got like 10 minutes until you got to work. My, my point being is, yeah, graphics <sighs> aren't everything. Storytelling's not everything. That hurt. 
But Co- Code Veronica is my favorite. It's it's That's the good. story, the way they made you feel, and the look of the clickers and whatnot. I don't think that they could deliver that kind of experience on the Nintendo Switch. I, now I mean, it, I it's early. It we haven't the act- right team with the right idea to yeah. do it. Like I mean, any of and, that's capable of doing anything. I mean, and Nintendo's and making I, Nintendo's games, the games that they've always been making, the way they've always been making them. Uh, I I don't and it know hasn't that and it hasn't been that. working for them. Is the point? That's 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 my point. Is they've been doing the same thing they've always done, and here lately, it's not working. And then, I mean, I mean, granted, yeah, Nintendo games are kitty games, but in a lot of ways, Nintendo games have always been kitty games. I mean, we our fondness for Nintendo comes from us being kids playing Mario and playing Zelda. Like, like Nintendo never changed; we changed. I mean, if I go to buy a system for my kids, I'm gonna lean towards Nintendo first. But then I've come full circle, being an adult and a grown up. Like, I can come back to enjoying those games. Sure, in my teenage years, I wanted the Resident Evils and the and the hardcore games. But you know, like as an adult, I'm like, hey, I can sit down and enjoy a Mario game. I can sit down and enjoy a Zelda game. You know, like I can I can appreciate these games for what they are. And and I don't need to have, you know, somebody making me cry or scaring the shit out of me or, you know, making me like, oh, my God, this looks so realistic. Like, I don't need that. Like, I go to Nintendo games for the Nintendo experience, and that's what they've always done. Well, Tricky, just really quick. So did you have fun playing? Is The Last of Us since it's the greatest game you ever played? Is it the most fun you've had playing a game? Oh, dude. That game, I couldn't go back and play it again after I played it the first time because yeah. it was just too That's much. The, it was like I can tell you the the most fun I've had playing video games. If I had to list my top five, two of those games would be Nintendo exclusive games that eventually got ported to other consoles. See, I, 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 I you ever know just that I'm fun. I know that I'm fighting an uphill uphill battle with this because I, I'm really not trying to hate on Nintendo. I'm really not. I just. Leslie, I know you're I, not. I, I ex- agree with I expected, everything you're saying. I expected extent. something totally different from the Switch. Like, I, I thought Nintendo finally got it, saying, like, listen, the, the the Wii was such a good thing. We tried to add on to that with the Wii U. That failed. And now it seems like, okay, let's... The Wii U failed, but the Switch isn't going to fail. Let's do the same thing. All right. At this point, uh, Mark's going to be taking it off. So, Mark... Uh, Thank you for being here. I'm going to finish out the show. But to, just to finish, like, like I, I, I honestly believe, like, Nintendo saw that the Wii U was a failure, and they decided to triple down on the Wii effect. Even though it's not called the Wii, this is basically the Wii 3. Uh, I mean, I can see that. But the thing is, is, like, at this point, if Nintendo tried to be a, a Me Too console compared to the PlayStation 4 and the Xbox One, like, they that's a losing battle already. I mean, because you're not going to compete with them. They've already got the install base, and they've got the monopoly on all these giant AAA, you know, third-party games. I mean, if Nintendo came out with the console that's, like, on par with even the PS4 Pro and the Scorpio, like, it, it just it's not going to work at this point because those other consoles have already got the install base to, to run that. So they might as well continue to do what they've always done and kind of carved out their own niche and, and, and did Nintendo, like rather than trying to be a, a me too, uh, competing with Sony and Microsoft. I think I, I, I applaud Nintendo for, for standing up for themselves and being like, look, we're going to make what we make. We're not going to try and, and, and be 
what these guys already are. Because once again, I already said earlier that that I have no intention of buying another new PlayStation or another new Xbox. If they continue to make what they're making, I have no interest in that because I have a PC that's more powerful and I can just put that four or $500 into a new graphics card or a new C- the CPU, something else that's going to continue to keep my PC above what they're offering me. And I see that. I, like, and I, 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 I see that and I agree with you. I just, I, I'm, to me personally, I'm disappointed. It, it just seems like Nintendo is stuck trying to do their gimmicks instead of giving gamers what they really want. And, and like, I, I know that I, not everybody's going to agree with me. Yeah, no, it's because cool. I, uh, and I, and and I fully understand what you guys are saying. Like, this is why I love Nintendo. This is why I'm excited, and I totally get that, and I totally respect that. But just to me personally, I, I. Really wanted to see Nintendo take that leap and say, you know what, we're not going to be able to catch the Xbox, we're not going to be able to catch the PlayStation, but let's show our gamers that, listen, we're serious about being in this market, because the whole time the Wii U was on the market, you know, up until the Switch announcement, there were constant rumors of when are we going to see Mario games on the PlayStation, when are we going to see Metroid on the Xbox, and to me, honestly, I feel like if the, if the Switch fails... This is the last console Nintendo makes, and we're going to start seeing those games on other systems. Well, you're not you're definitely not the only one to to say that. I've heard that from other sources as well. Um, That's a fair possibility you know, too. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> just thinking about it, you know, it's kind of sad to visualize a world without a Nintendo console. Um, I think a video game world without Nintendo period would be very sad. So, yeah, industry. I mean, what what would happen is they would either go third-party like Sega, where all their games would just end up on the other consoles, or they could just continue with the handheld route because, I mean, there's never been a portable console that has competed with a Nintendo console. Ever, ever yeah. since portable gaming became a thing, Nintendo has dominated that space. And so there's no reason for them to stop supporting that. Oh, yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm excited about the Switch, man. Uh it, it, what excites me the most is seeing people's reactions to the Switch and how excited they were just being able to feel like a kid again, you know. Um, and that's the thing, like, Tricky, you know, you talk a lot about wanting that next Last of Us experience on Nintendo. I don't think we'll ever get that. But, you know, even if you go back to the days of, like the Super Nintendo, which is one of my favorite consoles, uh, just because of the titles, you know. Had a lot of great titles, and they were uh, just fun. You know, you, you felt like a kid playing them. You know, sometimes I, I even go back and play my old Super Nintendo. Uh, I might dig out Turtles in Time or something, and, and me and a, a friend will play it. You know, like uh, <clears throat> Nintendo is just is known for just making games that are just just fun. They don't have to be these epic experiences with with the most amazing graphics, but uh, but you don't you don't necessarily have to have all that to make a good game. Um, but I also see your side of the argument too. Um, I, I have actually said for a long time, I wanted a, a darker, grittier Zelda game. And I guess to an extent we kind of got that in dark siders. You <laughs> no. Uh, I was gonna say twilight princess, you know, was had very dark undertones in it. Um, you know, but at the same time it was still limited to an extent, you know, there wasn't like, gore or anything it was a game for everyone anyone can play the game so but uh, see like but see it it speaks to like i i know i i said dark side is a joke but it speaks to gamers 
and it speaks to the developers when people say that Darksiders was Zelda. It basically was Zelda. And then you look at games like uh, uh, 3D Die Heroes or 8-Bit Heroes. You guys know what game I'm talking about, right? Hey, it's 3D Dot Game Heroes, right? That was the one that was a basically right. a Legend of Zelda, original Legend right. of Zelda clone. Right. Those games found their markets because people were excited to play a Zelda-esque game on the other systems. Now, obviously, they weren't made by Nintendo. You know, they weren't officially a Zelda game. But it speaks to, like, okay, those games, Darksiders itself... It had a AAA developer behind it, 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 and it was a good game. Uh, 3D Dot Game Heroes. That was I don't, I don't think anybody will argue with you that if Nintendo decided to go third party and put their games on other systems, that they would be successful. They absolutely would be successful. You know, and, I don't think anybody's going to argue against that. Yeah, and 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 that's my point. Is like Nintendo has the ability to do that on their own system, but they're choosing not to. And to me, that's a major failure. That that yeah. was my point about what I was saying about the gimmick last week. I don't want another gimmick. I want Nintendo to take it serious about what they're doing and see the market and see why Sony and Microsoft are taking so much of the market and saying, okay, let's, let us do that. We have the capabilities. We have the money. I mean, Nintendo has got shitloads of money that they can do whatever the hell they want to do. Be serious about it and say, okay. Why are we going to let people play Zelda on the PlayStation 4? Let's let them play it on the Switch. And that's where they gained their market back. And then you still have those kiddie games, the Mario games and whatnot, that are still for the kids. And especially, you know, these systems aren't cheap nowadays. Yeah. If I'm going to go out and drop three, $400 on a Nintendo console that's basically going to appeal to my daughter, then also allowed me to play the darker grittier games on the system that's gonna let me that justifies that purchase i like i'm a gamer maybe you call selfish reasons whatever you want to say that's fine but if i'm buying a system for my daughter i want to be able to play it as well and i don't want that kitty experience because if i wanted that kitty experience that i'd buy go i'd go buy nintendo but if i'm buying it for my daughter and give me give the adult a reason to stick around and actually play that system and that's my point. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I mean, I, I see what you're saying for sure. But like, you, you're saying that if I wanted to play kitty games, I'd go buy a Nintendo system, and that's why I would buy it for my daughter. But I don't want to play the kitty games. But I, I don't know. Like, a lot of people, a lot of adults have no problem playing those Nintendo games and and seeking out those Nintendo games. I mean, it, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But like, I I think plenty of hardcore gamers are fine buying a Nintendo console to play the games that Nintendo makes. And, and Tricky, whether or not they're kitty or not, I see your point. I respect it, but uh, just one, one, one <laughs> side. But uh, I'm gonna let you finish. But no, uh, you know, one side of your mouth, you're saying I don't want to play them kitty games. But you have platinum trophies in Lego games and like Disney Infinity. Like there's there's a Panda side of you. And, there's know, a side of you that that enjoy the you enjoy these games. You know, yeah, well, that, that not, was that was what you said when you were defending those platinums. Is like, oh well, I like these games; they're fun games to play. Like, I mean, those are basically Nintendo games just with different properties, right? But on that same console, I can turn around and play The Last of Us. 
I'm if if I'm if, if, for the average gamer out there, and I like I don't want to sound all big and bad because I'm not trying to sound like that at all. But the average gamer that may not be able to afford two consoles, if they have to go out and buy a console, give me the console that I can play the kitty games on and also play the series games on. Yeah. And Nintendo to me doesn't feel like they put enough series out there. So if I'm going to buy a console, let me buy a console that I can do both on. Not just one or the other. Yeah. We already established, though, that this won't be that console anyway. Like, if you ever want to play Titanfall or Call of Duty or any of the, the, the big, bad, you know, AAA games, this isn't going to be the place you're going to want to do it. So I wouldn't recommend that anybody this be their only console because you're going to miss out on probably the vast majority of games no matter what because those games just aren't going to run well, if at all, on this console. If this console came out, Let's just say, you know, hypothetically, if it comes out and it's as powerful as the Xbox One and PS4, and it released Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, launched, day one, you could buy the Switch and get Infinite Warfare. I do not, I, th- <laughs> I think to an, you know, to an extent, there may be people buying it on the Switch, but I do not see that game selling well and having a vast online community on the switch because it's nintendo you know uh nintendo's kind of in the middle of this quote-unquote console war if you will they know they can't compete like tricky you talk about you you want nintendo to be able to compete they know they cannot compete with uh what's on the market now yes they have the money uh, if they've really invested the, the time and effort and money to do so sure they could come out and they put out a 500 hundred dollar console that'll have Eight teraflops and whatever other made up word, uh, uh, <laughs> in the console. But uh, no, I'm just kidding. I know what teraflop is. Um, but they're they're not. You know, they want to be able to put out a console that's for for one. It's it's portable. How cool is that? You're playing Zelda, the new the brand new Zelda game on your TV. It's like, oh man, I gotta go to work. Click, taking it with me. My lunch break, I get to play Zelda on my lunch break. The same Zelda that I'm playing on my home console. Um, if, we so, if we don't wrap this up soon, this this podcast is going to literally be 50% Nintendo. <laughs> well, I, one one other point that I... Because I, Frosty just brought it up, and then we'll we'll close out the show. Um, the, the, the fact that it's portable, I mean, yeah, I, I see that. But I can also take my PS4 portable by, you know, remote playing on my Vita. So that aspect right there, it's out the window for me. Like the, the, that the, requires you to own PS4 and a Vita. Correct. But if I'm gonna, if if which I which is going, to, which is four hundred dollars plus, how much much the Vita is when the Switch releases? I mean, the Switch, the Switch could potentially be three hundred dollars launch because it's it's not exactly. Well, and then the, yeah, remote playing on the Vita is not ideal. Like you, you're missing the extra set of, uh, yeah, uh, triggers, which is it, it. It causes an issue. The screen is tiny. You, like, like you can play PlayStation Four games on the Vita, but it's definitely nowhere near ideal. Yeah, you can't. These play, games are uh, going to be designed specifically to run on the Switch in portable mode or on your television. So that's you an can't edge play right there. <clears throat> Bloodborne, a PlayStation Four exclusive, amazing game. One of my favorite games I played last year. Uh, st- stupendous game. You cannot play it on the Vita because you're missing the triggers. Like, 
Well, you could just it's a lot harder. Using <laughs> okay. the back touch using the back touch pad for the L2 and R2 is a pain in the ass. And you can't click yeah. in the stick, so you have to use the front touch screen for L3 and R3. Right. <laughs> anyway, that was a good discussion. Thank you for the email. <laughs> Yay, Nintendo. Thank you, Kalai. Uh yeah, send send in more emails cuz I I think we uh I think we uh definitely had a good conversation about this. I I kind of let you guys go from the start, but I wanted to get my opinions in there because yeah, no, it's like, cool. she she did send in her question directed at me, so uh, next week on Trophy Horse PlayStation centric podcast, we discuss the 3DS. <laughs> Stay tuned to the uh, second half of Trophy Horse next week, where we discuss the Xbox One. <laughs> With that being said, let's go ahead and close out the show. Uh, ProvingGamer.com is looking for some writers, podcasts, and videos, news reports, and generalized help with the site. If you're interested in applying, go to ProvingGamer.com, click on the Help One tab, and fill out the application, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. While you're there, be sure to check out all of our articles and all of our videos. Speaking of our videos, they can be found on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proving Gamer. If you want to get a hold of us, there are several ways to get a hold of us. First is our phone number. Does anybody know the phone number? Something, something, Proven 9. I don't, I don't know it. <laughs> 330... <laughs> Three seven seven six. Uh, you say it better. Three three zero proven nine is three three zero seven seven six eight three six nine. There you go. I was gonna say that. You can send us an email like Kali did at trophyhorse at provinggamer dot com. If you want to get a hold of us on Twitter, you can contact the site at Proving Gamer. You can contact the show at Trophy Horse. Contact me at Tricky Mick. You can contact Yield and I Yield to No One. You can contact Alex. After Extra Life, which is this Saturday, so get your donations in. We're going to talk about Extra Life in a minute. Uh, you can contact him on Twitter at uh, Sondersaurus Rex. Contact Frosty at MGS underscore Daniel 25. That's for Twitter uh, and PSN. And you can get a hold of Troy at? At A-N-T-S-O-C-I-A-L-G-A-M-E-R. That's A-N-T, Social Gamer. Uh, and that is your Xbox Gamer tag. That is my Xbox but Gamer tag. NM Rain, uh is my PSN. Rain spelled R-E-I-G-N. like the reign of a king. Right. Uh, and you can get a hold of Mark at the underscore Ion Vein. I think I got everybody right. Sounds good. I, I'm trying to do this by memory. Uh, <laughs> uh, if you listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. But go listen to our other podcasts. PG spoilers, which apparently uh, I think we're going to be doing an episode on Rise of the Tomb Raider soon. Uh, go listen to, and that's going to be hosted by um, Frosty, who is the new host of P- PG spoilers. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you to mail me that copy. I tell you what, you can mail me your copy of Rise. I will play it and beat it, and I will do a episode of PG spoilers. Well, the problem with mailing you a copy of that would be I would have to actually mail you my console because I buy all my games digitally. Let's make it happen. <laughs> snap, snap. Uh, Go ahead and send them the VR, too. That way you can get that out of the way as well. Yeah, that ain't, that ain't going to happen. Uh, go listen to Remember the Loop, the Smart Marks, and Frosty's new show, uh, The Good, The Bad, and The Microtransactions, which, uh, Frosty, I want to know, did the horseshoe fall out of your ass yet? Oh, yeah, it did. <laughs> yeah, for like a day or two, we were ranked in the top 150 gaming podcasts. We were, at one point, we were actually rated 
higher than Major Nelson Radio. Uh, Major Nelson's the you know spokesman for Xbox. So yeah, it was pretty exciting. I uh, wasn't really sure how that happened. Um, I checked it today, and we're not charged anymore. But <laughs> with your it help, was good it while be. it lasted. It was good while it lasted. So I have good. to ask, and, and I'm not hating on you because you know I got nothing but love for you. Was that under new and new podcast, or was that just generalized podcast? Well, Major Nelson's uh, podcast been around for a hot minute, so yeah, it was that's true it, too. Yeah, it was yeah, just general. Because uh, I think what happened is uh, Resident Daryl from Remember the Loot uh, t- went to the I think he went to the search bar and to to find us and right. somehow found us on that list. So, or no, he went to that list just for the heck of it. He was looking through all the podcasts. Um, which I need to do so I can find some new podcast. And uh, he ended up seeing our name on there, and he's freaking out. And he screenshotted it and sent it to the uh, uh, to the group. So um, I thought it was kind of cool. And you know, we we had a lot of fun with it and made jokes and stuff. But seriously, you know, it was including uh, taking a dick at me in this show. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, you know, it was, it was, a, good, it was you a good joke. All, you know, it's all in good fun because I, I knew the moment. I opened my mouth and made any, any kind of joke. We were going to be uncharted, so. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh, I guess that's where we are. So we're still new, and but we appreciate everyone. You know, come ch- come check us out. So. Yeah, uh, I I want to remind our listeners um, because if you are on, if you live in a different country other than the U.S., your reviews and your ratings don't show up for us. Because we go into the the uh, United States iTunes store. If you are from another country and you have left us a review on any of the podcast, send us an email. Let us know what country you're from, because so, we can switch it over and we'll be able to see it and give you the recognition. Um, so I, I've had a couple international listeners uh, message me saying, "Hey, you never give us an iTunes shout out for giving you a rating," and I'm like. To be honest, I don't think about going into the other country. You're countries. not going to like surf the whole world's iTunes stores to try and find right. and see if anybody has left a, a review. But I, I do know that if you, I will tell you for a fact, if you let us know that you have left us an uh, iTunes review, and this is for, this goes for any of the shows, if you left a review and didn't get a, a shout out or you know some kind of recognition, just let us simply know that you left it, and we will go in and. Uh, the horn's about to go off again. Uh, l- let us know, and we will definitely give you a shout-out and recognition. There's another score. What is the score of that game? Five-nothing. Like, Josh. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's getting a little ridiculous now. <laughs> I think like, oh, we scored just, again, whatever. Yeah, I think the other team should just throw in the towel at this point. Uh, but with that being said, uh, go listen to all the podcasts. All of the podcasts can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, and everybody's favorite podcast application, according to Remember the Loot. Podbean. Yes. Um, for our real listeners, no, none of our podcasts are on Podbean. Nobody go to Podbean. <laughs> Somebody actually sent me a message saying, hey, I can't find you guys on Podbean. <laughs> no oh. way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I meant to tell Daryl about that and totally forgot. <laughs> uh, 
get involved in the PlayStation 4 communities. There is a proven gamer group. There is a trophy horse group, dubbed the T-Dubs Brothel, which uh, if you go into that community, there is a community play date set up. We're going to be playing The Crew. Uh, more games, more nights are going to be set up as I can talk to the staff and see who can uh, host them and do whatnot. All of their play, community playdates are going to be through the PlayStation 4 community. So be sure to get involved in those. Uh, we're going to be posting them in the Proving Gamer uh, community group and also the Trophy Horse group. Uh, but with that being said, also get involved with uh, Yields group, the Platinum Guild, which um, I got my 100% trophy in uh, Batman VR. And since there's no Platinum, I posted that trophy in there. So... Hopefully, I won't get rejected. No platinum. <laughs> yeah, there's no platinum in that game. But with that being said, that is going to close out our housekeeping, but we do have some sponsors. Our first sponsor is Extra Life. Uh, Rain, uh, tr- uh, our first... <laughs> Our first sponsor is Extra Life. Troy, why don't you tell us about Extra Life? Extra Life is a uh, 24-hour video game marathon supporting the Children's Miracle Network. Uh, you go to extralife.org.org. Uh, you can I, sign I was up, about to say dot .org. I, what's up? I was going to say, you can say orgy? Yeah, extralife.org. Extra-life.org. Uh, basically, you can sign up uh, to play video games for 24 hours. That's actually next weekend, so... Uh, this weekend, as you hear the podcast, is the official day. Of course, you can uh, play any time before the end of the year. Uh, everything after that goes into next year's totals. Uh, but definitely, you know, sign up. Uh, Proven Gamer has a, a team. You can definitely join the Proven Gamer team, add your totals to uh, the entire team's totals. Uh, you do get to pick which hospital you play for, regardless of who everybody else is playing, and you can still contribute to the team, which is pretty dope. Good cause. Uh, play games. Heal kids. And with that being said, I'm going to be streaming the full 25 hours on the Proven Gamer Twitch. That's twitch.tv backslash Proven Gamer. Um, I will be giving away prizes uh, and doing some things. Uh, our next sponsor is GoFundMe. If you go to GoFundMe.com backslash Proven Gamer, we are trying to raise some money for some new podcasts and equipment. Uh, maybe we'll have to take some of that money and actually pay uh, Alex's internet bill so he can be back on the show. Uh, maybe take some of that money and uh, give Yield some of the WWE Network so he doesn't have to miss shows to watch the pay-per-views. Uh, so, <laughs> GoFundMe is a sponsor. I can never remember the link. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Derailed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so go to GoFundMe.com backslash Proof Gamer. And donate what you can. There are some trophy levels uh, for donation levels, uh, including prizes and uh, things that you can earn, including having me platinum a real game, as Yield would say. And our last sponsor is Frosty. Amazon. Yes, we are sponsored by Amazon. If you couldn't, would each and every time you do your shopping on Amazon, even if you're going to pre-order that Switch. Go to Proving Gamer first, click on any Amazon link, and continue to normal shopping. It doesn't cost you anything extra and does help out the site tremendously. With that being said, let's close out the show with some shout-outs. Uh, Troy. Hey, shout-out to you guys for having me on. Shout-out to... What was your name? Kalai. Kalai. Shout-out to Kalai for the awesome email. I'm glad that somebody heard the call and emailed in. I want to see some more emails next week. That was a great contribution to the show. 
Um, shout out to my wife for letting me podcast and letting me go 26 minutes over while she sits downstairs watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> oh, shit. I just remembered that. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, no, it's great times, man. With 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 DVR, you forget things are on. Yeah, I because don't like have tonight, yeah, because tonight I got the Rangers games to watch, I got the pay per view to watch, and I got the Walking Dead to watch. And yeah, after last week's Walking good. Dead, I think I think I think I need to take a week off of the Walking Dead. <laughs> it that, was an eye popping experience. Jeez. Somebody said that. Yeah, somebody said with the Walking Dead uh, that Gwen actually might not be dead because. It might have been a figment of uh, Rick's imagination. No, he had his head bashed in. Yeah, well, if it was a dream. No, it wasn't a dream. <laughs> All right, Frosty, your shout-outs. Shout-out to you guys once again for having me on. It's been a blast. Uh, Shout-out to Kali for the email. I always enjoy good Nintendo talk for the uh, Tendo White Knights. Uh, Shout-out to my lovely wife, who's actually out uh, clothes shopping right now. Uh getting some maternity clothes because uh she is currently two months pregnant so congratulations right now oh thank you um <clears throat> so she's out doing her thing let me podcast with you nerds so love her and i thank her for that shout out to topher nichols on the good the bad and the microtransactions podcast he hit me up uh Told me that the show was rad, and he actually wants to join Team Proven Gamer to help us uh, raise money for Extra Life. So, Sweet. shout out to him. You're more than welcome, buddy. <clears throat> and uh, those are my shout outs. And I want to give a shout out to the goddess who allows me every week to podcast. I give, give a shout out to Sweet Mama D, who is uh, let me podcast on her extended birthday. Uh, as of this recording, she turned eight years old yesterday. She's making daddy feel very old. Sweet. Um, yeah, she uh, she she said a few things to me yesterday. That made me feel old, <laughs> and she's a little smart ass. Uh, she wanted to go out to because uh, you you guys know uh, Applebee's and like Chili's how they have the tablets at the table. Yep. I never let her play with those. So when I asked when I asked Sweet Mama D where she wanted to go for bir- her birthday, she goes, "I want to go to Applebee's." I said, "Why? Why Applebee's?" She goes. Because it's my birthday, and you can't tell me, no, I can't play on the tablet because it's my birthday. <laughs> Sweet. So she's a little, she's a little smart ass. Uh, and give a shout out to JT, uh, and also interrupt you to JT at the same time because he's going to be the reason why I'm not on the show anymore. So, if there's nothing else, for the final time, check it. Happy trophy hunt. Check, check, wah, wah. check it. You done made it to another one. Replay. I'll download another one. Or you can go and do a tricky man and chop it. However you do it, you do it just to forget the rain and leave a comment. And thanks for getting listen to the show. Now it's time for me to go. Peace out to another episode.